Talk to recorded, recorded live. live. It's April 9th, 2015, and my computer clock says it's 7.33 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, people. People are still saying Eastern Standard everywhere. It's daylight time now. makes a difference when you're converting things. Um, <clears throat> and I am up here in Bangor, Maine on the East Coast. And I'm actually even north of Dottie. <laughs> so there's not too many people north of where I am, but there's a few. We've got some good people up in Aroostook County and some in northern Penobscot County and some in Piscataquis County, which is the next one over. Um, there's only 16 counties in Maine while I'm on that topic. And we have some uh, pretty good sheriffs in some of the counties now. We did have some people that were elected in the last election. Um, <clears throat> so... I think some progress is being made in almost every area of Maine life, and there may be things that you see off and on that you think, well, that doesn't sound too good. But rest assured that most of what you see in the media about Maine is untrue and is being spun in a way to make it look bad. And, you know, I was having an idea about that um, just today again. How hard would it be for somebody to have a camera, go to these meetings, sit there and do our own videos and put our own spin on it. wouldn't be that hard. The only thing is that you're visible when you do that. So we'd have to have somebody who didn't mind being amongst and uh, then having to go home and take showers and stuff afterwards probably because you'd feel so dirty. But <laughs> I'm just getting on a sideline there. Um, we, we've had quite a week here. Um, I know last week when we were talking, I think it was on Thursday night, I think it was Uda night when uh, – Joanne Toomey decided to throw a jar of Vaseline at our governor. Well, turned out that it wasn't exactly a jar. It was one of those plastic things that it's in now. When we were kids, boy, it would have been somebody if they got hit with one of those things. But um, they're plastic now, and she didn't actually throw it. She she looked like she was going for her purse to get it out and put it on, you know, that she was going to either show it to him or maybe throw it. Who knows? but the security people hit her arm and made her drop it, and that's why it bounced on the stage. And anybody that looked at the video could see that. Um, yeah, it was, and people, the comments on the on the different stories and the videos were very funny because people from other states were going, I don't get the Vaseline thing, and like they just didn't know. And, and it, was, it was a political um, statement that she was trying to make because, I guess, in her mind, um, that that uh, the governor had talked about somebody, oh, it would be like when you're saying somebody's giving you the business, but they won't even give you the Vaseline. It is, a, it is a crude comment. It's the kind of humor that many people in Maine use, and they wouldn't bat an eye at, but the, the uh, liberal left of our state, the progressives, they go off the deep end over anything that sounds even remotely like, I don't want to say offensive, because it really doesn't offend them, but anything remotely useful to their political um, spin they want to put on different different types of um, meetings or personalities that they want to take down. They will take the most minuscule thing that you've ever heard of in your life and make it into a huge deal. So <laughs> what we've started to do um, is um, we've started, well, and I'm saying we as in, my boyfriend and me, because we like to just go out and ripple, make ripples around. But 
um, you know, we were trying to think of some things that we could, you know, spin, how we could spin some stuff or how we could um, put some words out there in the public. And like I was saying last week, I was making up words and acronyms and all kinds of stuff. And I get a big kick out of it when I hear it come back around. So <clears throat> we we just try to think of ways that we can put things, a way to describe what we're seeing, because that's what they do all day long. They get paid for it. We don't. But, oh, well, it's still for the greater good. That's the way we look at it. Um, anyway, <clears throat> Dottie's saying, remember when the legislators wore clown noses? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Valium wants to make up a song. That would be cool, too. Um, our guys were down in Augusta yesterday, and um, they spoke before the committee uh, about the um, concealed carry permit. There were people there all day, apparently, testifying, and it was extremely lengthy. Um, I was really happy to see Wayne Leach was there because Wayne had some serious health issues, and I didn't even know he was leaving his home, so I was very happy and surprised to see him. Um, and I thought they did a good job considering they had no time at all, really, to do much. And uh, when I saw what... <laughs> What's the other side? I say the other side when I know there's really not just two sides. There's many different sides to every issue. But in Maine, it's so, um, oh, what's the word for it? Contentious, I guess. Very contentious atmosphere right now, and it's not very good. It's negative. Um, when you're dealing in that kind of atmosphere, any little tiny thing that happens gets blown all out of proportion, and, and it was like that. Um, the comments that were being made from the other side were, were things like, you know, these people um, were whining about the three minutes, et cetera, they, because there was a three-minute limit, um, and that they, uh, I think somebody had said something about, well, why would they pitch a fit? They knew other people had to speak, and who cares about the loonies? You know, that kind of stuff like they always do. They always disparage people that come out with anything different to what they want for their agenda. So um, our, uh, our friend, I always say friend, our friend, Andy Parkinson, who has you know been doing this main progressive warehouse.me, which I've talked about before, she uh, was there all day yesterday, and she filmed everything. She filmed the whole hearing, apparently, um, and also the... Um, the, she took a lot of still pictures and put them on her her Facebook and her main progressive warehouse dot m e website I believe I think they were on both so today when I went in, I went looking for the videos because it said they would be posted overnight and um I found the one that had our guys on it. So I'm going to see if I can find that and I will play the audio part so you can hear it then I'll give you the the um link. Um, hopefully I didn't just drop my thing out. No, I didn't. Okay, good. Um, and it was, um, it was a nice surprise to find it. Let's put it that way. Because I was hoping I hadn't, you know, missed everything about it. And she was very busy because she had to go do it again today for some other stuff. And, um, then she was coming up to Bangor, and she was going to do a live stream here on the uh, minimum wage town hall that Joe Baldacci, who is on the Bangor City Council, had planned to hold at Abraham Lincoln School. 
and I saw some um, live stream video of that as it was starting, but then it, the video went dead and it never came back. So I don't know if she thought her camera was on and it went off, or if she shut it off and didn't tape it because they didn't want her to, or what. Waiting to hear later on, but I was going to watch that live on the live stream. I thought it would be kind of interesting to see how people were treating a public forum um, when everything was minimized about this Joanne Toomey throwing Vaseline at the governor last week. So the headline said that, by the way. The headline said she threw it. She said she threw it. And by the time everything had been corrected, it looked like she didn't really throw it. But then the other side tried to spin everything as though the um, the governor's people or the Republican Party in Maine or somebody like that had said she threw it when she didn't. In other words, like it was our fault. And I'm I'm saying our fault when I'm not a Republican. So um, <laughs> confusion, always confusion, right? So let me get this. Then I'll take a deep breath and see if I can get myself back together here. Um, I'm going to get it to the point where Phil starts speaking, and I'll crank it up in a minute. Okay, get ready. You're going to listen, and i got to take my headset off so you can hear. So. I can get it going. Then I'll go in the chat and make sure that you can hear it. Oh, it's buffering a minute. <laughs> okay, maybe. It's only 13 views on it right now. You'd think it would come right on. Try again. Maybe I jumped it too far too fast or whatever. And Gene says that Phil was PO'd that he saw the video. I don't understand that. Why? If I can get it to come on, you guys, I'm trying. Start at the beginning of it, and I'm trying to jump into the middle so that it will be where Phil started. <clears throat> I'm going to leave it here for a second because Phil's coming right up in like 30 seconds, and I'm not going to play with this video too long, okay? I'm going back to the chat to make sure you guys can hear it. Thank you. 
Okay, I'm starting to feel like we're being played with. This is ridiculous. Can you hear me? Yeah, the whole darn thing crashed, I think. Um, can you hear me, though? Okay, because I can't hear myself now. Um, I think what happened is my computer crashed right at the exact time that Phil was going to start speaking on that. It's just weird. Why would it do it then? But maybe it's just a fluke. I don't know. Let's see if we can get it in a second. Um, I'm refreshing it. See what happens. <clears throat> but anyway, um, it was really good. They did a great job speaking, even though they just had a few minutes, because anybody who was on that side would understand that, uh, oops, that there was a um, reason why people might be upset that they didn't have their time. It wasn't like they had a hissy fit about it or anything like that. So, oh yeah, Jean is saying in the chat that Phil was pissed because they only gave speakers three minutes, and that's true. So I just wanted you to hear this. So let's see if it'll do it this time and not crash, okay? I'll try again. I know, Jen Art, it wasn't the best audio on the the video either but I'm going to put the mic near the near the speaker. Yes, I'll give the link to the video right after Dottie. Go, I'm going to try again. Turn to page, or I'm sorry, Article 10, Section 6, the 
if the right of use is denied, the value of the property is annihilated, and ownership is rendered a barren right. Use is the key word. Rights may be diminished only by due process, and never be licensed and be applied to it. Um, Murdoch versus Penn, 1943. No state shall convert a liberty into a privilege, licenses, and attaching fee to it. Shuttlesworth versus Shuttlesworth versus Bingham, Birmingham, 1969. If the state converts a liberty into a privilege, the citizen can engage in the right in impunity. As you consider the topic today and the future, also keep in mind the constitutional instruction to the legislature, this legislature, on its power to make law. Part four, part third, legislative power. The legislature, with the exceptions here and after stated, shall have full power to make and establish all reasonable laws and regulations for the defense and benefit of the people of this state. Let's say corporations, let's say for any business, for the defense and benefit of the people of this state. But it cannot be repugnant to this Constitution nor to that of the United States. If any right can be licensed, then any right can be licensed. Thank you very much. I will leave you this last. This is not Wilmer City or Al Warfield. This is Maine. We have the right which shall never be questioned. It's the law of trespass. There. <clears throat> Hopefully you heard that okay. Um, I'm not sure why Gene was delayed, but he was because um, I was watching it and listening to it at the same time. Um, so if you do go and look at that YouTube video where the um, audio you just heard is, you'll get to see some of the people you've heard on the other talk show. Um, Phil Merletti is frequently on the main exposed talk show on Wednesday night, Dottie, and um, also uh, Lisa McLean, Lisa DuPont. And um, Jack occasionally comes in there too, and Jack does the Roostic Watchman program last night. Um, someone asked me, I think it was Jen Art, why uh, a Roostic Watchman has not been on as often lately. And there was a change at the station, and that was the reason given. So Jack has been doing, um, I think he's been doing it on the fly, basically. He's found somebody to interview here and there and records it to be played back on Saturday morning. So to catch a Roostic Watchman, you probably should just go in the archives and listen to them. Or if you happen to catch it when it's live, you can go in and participate then. But I don't know if he'll know when he's doing it, that's all. Um, so, and Wayne, Wayne looked really good, I thought, considering we haven't seen or heard anything um, about his health since the operation back at the beginning of the year. I was pleasantly surprised to see him, actually. He looked like he was doing okay. So tiring to sit there all that time and be treated the way that the people of the state of Maine have been treated, um, that's typical, exactly how they were treated, which is like, we don't care. <laughs> you know, we have to worry about it, our time frame. Um, they could have structured it differently. One of the big complaints that people have when they go to Augusta to speak to any of the legislators is that we have a huge distance to travel just to be there. It's a, it's a, it's a money outlay. It's a time outlay, and it's very hard for people to get there. If you work, you never get there because you can't. 
you I mean you'd have to take a day off from work and probably leave the day before and stay overnight. That's how hard it is. So um you know, to have people um just treat it lightly, like it's no big deal, that is one of our problems we have in Maine. The southern part of the state for them driving up is an hour, maybe. If you live in the northern part of the state, it can be six hours to drive to Augusta. Depends on where you're leaving from and what the weather's like. So anyway, I thought they did a good job. And it, it's very hard to sit and watch a million people speak. And you're waiting for your turn, and you want to make sure you do a good job and then have somebody cut you off in mid-sentence because the clock went off. It's very, very irritating, Just even for the people listening. Because, you know, what's the point? Phil used some of his time just to pass out the constitutions, you know. And uh, anyway, so when you start hearing the stories from the progressive left in our newspapers here that those those uh, sovereign citizen, dangerous domestic terrorists were whining about the fact they didn't have enough time, then you'll know how much whining was done. There was a comment made. I didn't hear any whining. All right. And then I guess. Apparently, some people have had conversation with Bill and said that he was upset. He expressed that last night on the show on Maine Exposed as well. I was hoping somebody might stumble through the door tonight and uh, talk to us about it and let us know how things went today even because they were still there with some other issues. Some of them were. Anyway, it's been very exciting. <laughs> it's been very exciting. And what I've been doing is I've been sneaking around in the background looking at what everybody's got to say about everything and, and uh, you know, having a hard time getting away from my computer because um, as as with the um, fact that there aren't that many people on the progressive side causing all this damage to people's lives in Maine just because they're hateful people, <laughs> the ones that are active right now, um, there aren't that many on our side either. There really aren't. We have, What we've been doing is similar types of tactics, which is that we go around and we try to find out who's saying what and why and just try to take them down. And the reason that I'm trying to take people down is because I'm tired of watching them cause harm to people. And I realize that I have the ability to do some of it, so I'm doing some of it. And it's it's awful. It feels like junior high, you know. It feels like standing behind the lockers and waiting for somebody to come around the corner so you can say, look what they're wearing. Isn't that the stupidest thing you've ever seen? It's not my nature to do that. I hate doing that. I don't know how else we fight back against people who have all of the advantages, though. I mean, that's that's the reason for it. You know, we don't have our own newspaper that our gazillionaire husband's running, and we don't have the um, TV stations, and we don't have the big bucks that we can, you know, they always say it's the uh, Republican side, or it's the, you know, they're the bad guys that want to starve the babies and, you know, all that. But the money is coming to that side of the uh, political spectrum in Maine. The money is definitely on the progressive side, and they use it. So, um, and we know at the top that they're all together anyway. It's just an agenda that they're pushing forward. So today was the Agenda 21 stuff. I was very excited to possibly see something about that and see how it went. And um, 
I couldn't find much. I was looking, you know, trying to find something so I could give an update tonight on that, and um, I couldn't, I couldn't find anything. So I went, okay, well, I'll just go over to Andy Parkinson's page because she's very proud of the fact that she's doing all this media now for everybody, and um, that she's on, she's on the in, you know, she's on the in track now where she knows what's going on and she's right in all of it. And uh, so, so far what she's got posted for tonight on that uh, minimum wage thing is just a picture. There's a picture of uh, the people that were there. So I could, um, I was going to talk about what I saw in there earlier, but now I'm curious. I want to see who's there at this meeting. This is at Abraham Lincoln School, and I've opened up the picture and see if I see anybody in the different rows, anybody I recognize. Some of the faces I recognize, but I don't know who these people are. Um, in the in the photograph, this is on Andy Parkinson's Facebook page. So it's A-N-D-I and then Parkinson. If anybody has Facebook, they can look at this picture. Um, I see Joe Baldacci, who's on our city council here. He was the one that was going to be running this meeting. Um, and I see sitting at the table, I can see Sean Faircloth from the back but I'm not sure who the other people are that are at the table. I'm sure we'll see them later. I can't see their faces, so I'm not sure who they are. But they have a, you know, just a medium-sized crowd for a meeting in uh, Bangor. I recognize some of the faces, like I say, and probably from other angles, I would know who some of these people are in here. So anyway, no big deal. Nothing much happening yet. Um, if she did get video, she'll post it later, I'm sure. She took down, I think, the link to her live stream earlier. And I'm refreshing her page because I don't... Oh, okay, it's going down the page now. This is what she wrote earlier, which just really amazed me. And she has her page open, so it's like anybody can go look at it if they have a public Facebook page. It says, this was three hours ago, sounds like I am missing a corker over in judiciary, judiciary where they have been taking up Agenda 21 over three hours, but finally one of the tinfoil hat brigade mentioned Nazis. I told my source, who was in the room, to jump up and excitedly yell bingo, but no dice. And um, there's like 19 comments on here, which I have been copying just as fast as I can because that's what they've been doing is using people's Facebooks against them politically. They might make one little comment like, you know, hey, the sky is blue, and all of a sudden everybody comes unglued that it has something to do with global warming or something. I mean, it's literally that bad in Maine right now. So I started reading through these comments, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, and it's like... One of them goes, kiss that sucker goodbye, God wins law. Don't know what that means. The next one says, Agenda 21, really? Why did Reagan open the loony bins? The next one says, maybe instead of redoing the copper dome, they should have gone with tinfoil. And then one of them says, LOL, I love you. So they're having a conversation in here amongst themselves. And then someone says, who sponsored this bill? I could look it up, but I don't want to give it any credit by actually looking for it. 
And one of the more active people that I see their name all the time says, Agenda 21, really? Is it a bill to ban the United Nations or to prohibit discussions of sustainability and global warming in Maine? Holy crap, she wasn't kidding. We're doomed, I tell you, doomed. And then they posted the bill itself. Um, and the first line of the bill is, this bill prohibits the state or any political subdivision of the state from adopting or implementing policies originating in the United Nations Agenda 21 or other international laws that restrict private property rights without due process. And Denart um, would probably be interested in that because he always says the treaties are above the United States. So they're things that are agreed to and they they take like precedence or something like that. They have to be obeyed. And then her husband says, what happened to the first 20? And then some of these people are repeat people. I'm not giving their names right now. You can go look if you want. Wait, the, that was the 126th legislature is the monkey back in the room. And then her husband says, Agenda 21 is a non-binding, voluntarily implemented action plan of the United Nations with regard to sustainable development. Tyranny, non-binding, voluntary tyranny. I never get to use caps lock. I see the appeal now. And then one of their friends, who's also very active, says, um, presented by Representative Long of Sherman, co-sponsored by Senator Jackson of Aroostook and Representative Crafts of Lisbon, Representatives Gifford of Lincoln, Jackson of Oxford, Johnson of Greenville, Libby of Waterboro, Stanley of Medway, Terrio of Madawaska, Timberlake of Turner, Willett of Mapleton. Why are there Democrats on that list? That's what one of them says. And her, her Andy's husband says, why is Willett still allowed in the building? And then another friend says, which are the Dems? I wish they would be consistent in how they list the reps, county versus hometown. And then another one says, damn, Ricky and the Tenth Amendment romantics are back on stage at the 127th Sideshow with LD-161, an act to ban the United Nations Agenda 21 in Maine. They're talking back and forth, so these names are repeating. Did the constitutional carry crowd stay over in Augusta for this? Andy's husband says, I imagine the Walmart parking lot was littered with RVs all night. And then another guy says, this year's list of featured background vocalists includes Brakey, Kraft, Dunphy, O'Connor, Stanley, Timberlake, and Timmons. Only Stanley is a Democrat, Medway. And Andy's husband says, welcome to the Hotel de Janeiro. And a friend says, Stanley also co-sponsored the bill calling for an Article 5 Constitutional Convention of States, QED. And one of the women says, the really sad thing is, if the legislature actually passed this, LePage would sign it in a heartbeat. And one of the guys says, well, sure, because this law specifically bans laws that restrict private property rights without due process. And damn, you can never have too many laws that do that. What a colossal waste of legislative time and money. And another one says, I learned that the UN rammed zoning changes through the Rockland City Council. What a scoop. That's as far as it gotten so far. It ended. Their comments ended about an hour ago. I'm sure they'll go on. And I always look at the likes to see if there's any names I recognize. And I won't read them to you because I don't recognize most of them. But there's one person in there that I went to college with. That's how small Maine is. Is that like I say, we know somebody. We always know somebody. So 
There you go. There's their comments. I saved a bunch of them. I didn't get them all yet because they kept talking while I was cooking dinner and watching the news and stuff. So there's a few more now. But it shows the level of um, thought that goes into their attacks on other people, basically. is just, you know, it's the tinfoil hats. It's the, they love it. It's like junior high. And, you know, you're disparaging the other group. They're not the in-group, so you can disparage them. And, you know, staying in the Walmart parking lot because they were down there. They have no idea who these men are. And I would really love to hear a story that one of them at least saw her today and introduced themselves. And I hope it was Phil because I was reenacting my imagination of how that would have gone today. And if you ever get a chance to meet Phil, if you're ever in Maine or if you're in Maine now and you've run into Phil, he's a, he's a very nice man. He's extremely easy to talk to. And he will tell you anything, and you can bank on his word. He is extremely honest. And I think that if he introduced himself to her, he would be very surprised at the kind of people that she's been um, crapping on, basically. Sorry, I just didn't want to use the other word. So that's the update on that, her... uh, big events of the day and that she was really tired last night. Something she wrote last night that I don't know if um, Jack saw it, because Jack went in and put a bunch of likes on her page last night. I thought it was pretty funny because um, she was saying stuff about him earlier, and I don't know if she knows whether he saw it or not, but I'm not sure he did. But I went way down the page because I was reading it and looking at the pictures. I knew some other people that testified yesterday that she took pictures of, and I was thinking, you know, hey, I'll look and see if there's some more. And when I went down through to read her previous stuff, I was I was kind of stunned because of the comment that was made yesterday that she made. Because these are open Facebooks. It's not just her friends. It's anybody can read this stuff. So obviously she's not cautious about her um, words when she wants to be out filming these types of events for both sides, she said. She's she's expressed that. So here's what she wrote yesterday in the afternoon. The irony of watching sovereign citizens taking off their belts and emptying their pockets to go through metal detectors in the state house cannot be overlooked. And um, these are their comments on that. One of the guys says, got pics? She says, oh, yes, indeedy. For the most part, my gut tells me these folks are more self-proclaimed experts than anything else, but without naming who, I will say that there is one in their number who sets off all of my red warning lights. Guy creeps me out huge. The two sides have pins to designate who is who. We'll see if I can't get some quick Instagram pics of them. And then her, one of her women friends says, is this for the constitutional carry hearing? I hope they are their usual, usual, reasonable, and coherent selves. And another woman says, is this a new process? When I worked for a past governor whom I respect and would elect again, there was no shakedown at the door. And another woman says, he, 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 and then Joanne Toomey, who's the one that threw the Vaseline last week, the people's house, really. And then 
a man says, kind of reminds me of the process libertarians need to go through for their party to be recognized. Oh, the irony. And another woman says, if the NRA won't let functioning guns into their convention, we need to at least require background checks and concealed weapon permits. Let us know how it goes. Wish I lived closer. And then Andy Parkinson says, all is being recorded and will be on YouTube tomorrow. Getting pics and commenting on Instagram, which posts to my Facebook wall. Going to be a long day as the first co-sponsor, Representative Stacey Guerin, is now speaking. Brakey answered a long series of questions. And then one of the women says, um, Jennifer, since the rep came in a few years ago and threatened another rep, there's been new regs, no guns in the state house. Going through those machines is a pain if you have knee replacements. And then another woman says, I'm so horrified that Brakey is my senator. Disgusting. And another woman says, isn't this in place since that repub rep or senator went off a bit off and was waving a gun around, or did it go off accidentally? And a man says, the security upgrades were unrelated to the gun incident. That happened in Waterville, I believe. The timing was coincidence. No discharge, but he did threaten someone. And Andy Parkinson says, 10 videos, almost all done. That was last night at nine hours ago, it says. So, or this morning, I guess. So the videos were uploaded to, um, I believe, the main progressives warehouse dot M-E, Main Progressive Warehouse, dot M-E. Might be Main Progressive Warehouse, I should look, if it's Progressive or Progressive, one or the other. Somebody knows. So, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know. There's a picture also. Um, down the page that shows Wayne Leach and Phil with some other people in the hallway. So there's lots of still pictures on, on her Facebook page as well if you want to see some of the people. We have a lot of uh, older people in Maine. These are people that have lived lives. They know what they're talking about. And, um, you know, even if you don't agree with someone's political opinion, the idea that you could just sit there and just trash on them like, like they're just nobody is just amazing to me. I wouldn't even do that to her if I saw her in public. I probably would ask her if she looked into the background of any of these people that she so openly, you know, disparages on the internet. So, all right, I'm gonna go back in the chat and see if you guys have fallen off, <laughs> fallen off of the call here. Um, Dottie, I was reading that directly off of Andy Parkinson's Facebook. I was reading her comments. So some of the snips that I took uh, images of were of what I just read. So the things that I was saving. Um, I, I think that, you know, something's got to give here. And maybe that's going to be what will happen in a positive direction after all this stuff is said and done, is that uh, we'll be so jaded by it that we won't even care anymore. Um, somebody will direct some of that stuff towards us and we'll just laugh. I mean, a lot of times I'm there already because I just don't take that stuff anymore. In the old in the old days, you know, people would try to keep their reputation and they felt like it was just the most horrible thing in the world if someone called them a name. But now it's like 
They do that to complete strangers. They don't even care if they know you or not. They're going to decide based on what someone else told them who you are. And it's just, it's rampant. It is completely rampant. So um, we've had the um, the issue going on about the uh the bakery making the gay wedding cake, that kept going. Um, some of the people that were arguing about it with me um, just stopped talking to me about it. Uh, I haven't lost any friends. Nobody said, hey, I'm never speaking to you again or anything, but they just kind of went away. And I'm sure they're like sitting there like thinking I'm just a jerk, but I still I still maintain that we have a right to do business with whoever we please. And if we're private contracting with someone else, that's only our business. Um, not the same thing as City Hall, not the same thing as a chain restaurant. It is your business, just you. So sole proprietors and people contracting with other people, which would be things like flower designers, wedding planners, cake makers, etc., massage therapists, people taking care of elderly in their home, like my father was living in somebody's private home, I would think she would be able to decide who she wants living in her house, stuff like that. Um, people have to realize that when you give freedom to somebody, it's freedom for everybody. It's not just for some people. And when I hear that it's picking and choosing who gets to have freedom or who gets better rights or whatever, that's where we're getting into the problem because it shouldn't matter. I agree. But I do have a right to associate with whoever I please and to contract with whoever I please. I have a right to spend my money where I want to and earn it where I want to. It's nobody else's business. So that kind of went away. Then we had an incident um, that took place where uh, a family in Portland, which is of mixed race, um, had this whole big, this whole big thing blew up over the week. It was gigantic. And I'm just talking off the top of my head right now. So trying to remember because so much has gone on this week and, and I've tried to influence it just because I feel I should. I don't know why. So this family was apparently walking on the street and somebody went by and yelled the N-word out the window at them. And the adult or almost adult son of the woman Took off, took off after these people to confront them. I don't know whether he ever actually caught up with them or not, but the, the subject was that a news reporter did a story that she had observed this and how bad it was that people had to live through that in this day and age kind of thing. She generalized it, and it was like her story, like, oh, my gosh, I saw this happen. So... People were complaining that this white reporter was talking about this experience of a mixed-race family and how could she possibly know who it was and how it was, I mean, because she was white. And the whole racism thing was coming up again. And it's like, okay, so is this race baiting? Is this somebody just trying to get something started? Um, the stories were reported so close together that nobody knew what happened first. And what happened first was, the white reporter talked about what she saw. She didn't name the family. 
then the black woman who was from the family said, I'm the one that you were talking about, the one you saw, and entered into the conversation. The black woman whose family it was is an activist out of Boston regarding black issues. Um, and then a blogger wrote a blog about the whole thing. <laughs> so it got really big. It was picked up by other media. There were pictures and the story told in the Daily Mail of the United Kingdom, which lately we've seen some other things go over across the Atlantic Ocean to United Kingdom. One of them was the Stephen King, I pay my taxes and Governor LePage is an asshole kind of story. But this, this black woman and her family were pictured in the article and she was extremely upset that her children were photographed, her daughter especially was photographed, and that they had published this on the Internet all over the place. And unintended consequences. You can't get fame in this day and age unless it's running amok. It's like it's going to just keep going for however useful it is. If there was no interest in it, it would just die. But if there's interest in it, it can keep going and going and going. I'm going to see if I save that in here. I thought I did. Um, she, was, she was very infuriated by this. And the last thing I saw of the black woman who is um, an activist, she was saying that she had to get along with these people until she could get out of there. And this was in the uh, um, Portland area. Well, I found the I found the um, link to the blog, but I think we shared that last week. So I have probably um, oh no, wait, here it is. Here's the story, the one that was in the UK. opening it so I can take a look at it first before I give it to you, make sure it's the right one. Mixed race families, racist abuse shocks Maine after local news anchor witnesses man shout hey ends at them and shares her horror on Facebook. And so, um, yeah, the pictures are on here of her children and her husband and everything. And she was, uh, I don't see the husband this time, but I saw him before with the little girl. Maybe they removed it because she pitched a fit. I did see the picture of her husband and little girl on another version of this, but they probably edited it out because she was threatening them, basically saying, hey, I never gave you permission to put my family's likeness in there, and she was just having a fit. Um, her name is Shay Stewart Booley, and she runs a blog called Black Girl in Maine, and so everything just got bigger and bigger. I'll give you the comment, the link to this particular article if you're interested in that stuff. I have uh, decided that I am not participating in any of that stuff because I really do believe that this stuff is meant to um, meant to just cause issues, cause issues for people. We're white in Maine because our parents are white. That's what I keep telling people. Our parents are white, so we are white. It's not our fault we're white. We like being white. We're not ashamed of it. and 
most of the people with this horrible behavior, which I'm seeing there's some of it in the chat room right now, they come from other places because where they grew up or where they lived, that's what you do. You act like a jerk and an ass. So here's one. Guess number nine has got the word right in the, in the um, chat room for me. How very sweet of you. Anybody else want to go? Some of my good peeps that are here, would you like to let me know who else I need to get rid of? Now I'm going to talk about race again, just in case there's any race-baiting black people in my room right now. It looks like I just got rid of one of them. If, in fact, this is what we do, click, block participation. There you go. Um, if anybody wants to get unblocked, that's one of my people that I know. Let me know and I'll let you back out. Otherwise, nobody's going to be posting in here while I'm talking because it's my show. I grew up in northern Maine. I grew up near an air base. I was raised with people from other races. I was raised not to see color at all. That's why I'm telling this story. When I was a little girl, like first grade, I lived in Maryland. Maryland is right on the Mason-Dixon line. So there's, you know, from back in your Civil War days, if you've ever read your American history, you know that things were pretty bad in the war between the states. And it wasn't all about slavery. It was actually about other types of uh, government structures more than it was about slavery because there were a lot of people that kept slaves back then. And I don't think slavery is right. So. But I grew up in a neighborhood where it was segregated, whether or not it was segregated because adults had done that, drawn a line, and put the black people on one side and the white on another. I don't know if that happened or if people were living near people like themselves by choice. I'm going to say it again. People were living near other people like themselves by choice. I don't know. I was six years old. Okay. So the way I was raised in my family, um, my parents taught us as children that you don't judge people by the color of their skin. And you're decent to other people, no matter whether you like them or not, because people are polite when they're out on the streets, and they take care of each other in a polite, civil way. And so I always stress civility. Um, my brother was five years older than me. He was like in the fifth grade, I think, and I was in the first grade. And he would walk me to Sunday school. And we would talk about life on the way to Sunday school and on the way back. And it was a little Christian church because in the south there's churches on every street corner. And I thought that was kind of funny when I heard it described that way. But that's how I remember it. There were little churches on every street corner. And they were small so that they served that neighborhood. It wasn't like these big mega churches they have now where they have sound systems and, you know, the preacher goes around in a private jet and, all of the things they do nowadays with the big churches. These were just little chapels, basically, for Sunday school and for people to come in and, and have a, a little sermon once a week, that kind of thing. 
but my brother my brother would always reinforce the same message of our parents, which is that we're all brothers and sisters. And here we were, just about as white as you could get, living in the South, you know. <laughs> and we weren't in the deep South, but living in the South. But we were Northerners because our parents were. Our parents were from New England. And we just happened to be living there because my dad's job. He worked in radio. I've told you guys that before. So then we move up to northern Maine, and we live near the base. And there's lots of races because of the base. Everybody that, you know, lived off base, their kids went to our schools. So we grew up amongst people who didn't look like us, didn't believe like us, and didn't act like us. And some of them we couldn't even understand half the time because their accents were so different because they were from, like, you know, Georgia or some other part of the country. It was like, who is that kid, you know? But we were friends with everybody, and we never thought of it. We never thought of it as some something to pick on someone about or to um, – you know, make somebody feel horrible because they weren't from our town. We just treated everybody like they were from our town. And we were like that with everything. I mean, we're talking about back in the era when uh, we had these big, like, posters on the side of the gym wall because John F. Kennedy wanted all of the school children in the United States to be physically fit. So we had these big, I don't know if any of you remember this, but there were these big charts they put up on the side of the wall and you had to be able to do like a hundred sit-ups and so many pull-ups and so many push-ups and run this fast. And we had all these things. And as soon as you could achieve that goal, they'd check you off or give you a star or something. It was the entire school. Well, my gosh, they'd never do anything like that now because somebody who couldn't do it would be so mortified and their self-esteem would be hurt. But back then, we didn't use it as a way to, you know, hurt somebody like, calling them names or anything like that we didn't do it we didn't do that we we raised each other up we helped each other so the the mindset was completely different we had no we had no animosities in that regard so now just take it take it to 1970 i believe no 69 in january our high school band has been selected to play at uh, Richard Nixon's inauguration. We are so excited because we, um, you know, we had been, uh, I'm just unblocking a couple people while I'm talking. Sorry about that, you guys. I'm sorry I have to block people off because they're acting like jerks. All right, so back to the story. So, we, our high school band has been selected to play in Nixon's inauguration. This, I always said before we knew he was a crook. So that was always the big laugh. So we're headed down to, to Washington in January of 1969. It was so cold when we left Caribou. It was like 20 below zero or something. Extremely cold. We'd had a basketball game that night. And we played at the basketball game because we were always there. And we'd won against one of our arch rivals. We were right on a high. You know, we were happy as anything. We're going to Washington. It's going to be a big deal. We climb onto the buses and uh, get all packed in. We got all our stuff and head out, right? So this was almost like, I think it was like two whole days driving to get to Washington on buses 
and we were exhausted. By the time we got to Washington, it was 55 degrees, and everybody was getting sick because of the you know temperature change and exhaustion and from being on these stupid buses with the diesel and all that stuff. But it was wicked fun, as we'd say, wicked fun. But here's what happened. We were on a high. We were just, you know, teenagers, happy as anything. We're going on this big trip we'd raised money for. So, and we were just on top of the world. I mean, our whole class, we were just, like, full of it. We still are. And... um we had just won that basketball game and it had gone late. You know, it was like one of those just supercharged basketball games. So happy. And uh, we had banners on our buses. And on our way through New York City, and, and Jenard, if he's still here, if he hasn't given up yet, we're on our way through New York City and the insurance company had told them that they couldn't take us down into the center. We couldn't go down into the middle of it. And I guess our bus drivers and adults that were with us decided that they were going to get us lost, quotation marks. Because here we were from northern Maine. We'd raised all this money to go on this huge trip. And as a treat, they didn't want us to miss seeing, like, the Empire State Building and stuff like that. Well, it was raining. It was foggy. We didn't see the top of it. But we did go down right in, right beside it. And we were laying on the floor so we could see out the windows see the Empire State Building, which we couldn't even see the top of, but it was like, hey, we saw the Empire State Building. We're so excited. And um, what happened? So we're just number, number than crap, us kids from northern Maine. So we go and we open the windows of the bus because we've slowed down through all this traffic and we're excited because it's New York City. I mean, think about it. What do we see in northern Maine? We're seeing potato fields, and, you know, we live up there on the far reaches of the United States, and we're on this big trip, and we're so excited. And we got banners all over our bus that say we're number one because we've just won this game, and we make banners for everything. And we're going through Harlem, and there's all these black people everywhere on the streets. And here's all these white kids hanging out of this bus. We had three bus. I think we had three buses, and we're hanging out of the bus, and we're yelling, "We're number one at these people," and they're black, and we're not seeing anything different because we're from northern Maine, and we don't care. We don't even know that anything is wrong anywhere in the world. We're in La La Land because we were raised in a good way, you know. So we're yelling out the windows at these people, and they're getting irritated at us, and we're just yelling at them, hi, you guys, hi, everybody, we're so excited. We're like 17 years old, we're on a trip, you know. <laughs> and all of a sudden, these people start coming at us, and the bus driver yells, get those windows up, you kids, get out of those windows. And we're like puzzled, like, what the heck's wrong? And then we realized we had all these banners all over our buses that we were number one, and we were white kids hanging out the bus yelling at them that we were number one and actually doing it with our finger. They didn't think it was funny. So we, we realized at that point that there might be problems some other places in the world, and maybe we needed to look at it a little harder. I don't know. So we get down to, to Washington, and we um, you know we have the inauguration and everything, but that morning, because I believe the inauguration took place on a Sunday, doesn't it usually, if I'm right? Um, 
it's supposed to be on a certain date, but I think, no, that's what it is. It's the date. It's not the day of the week. Well, anyway, while we were down there, I don't remember if it took place on a Sunday or not, but we were down there on a Sunday, and we went to church. And a lot of the kids in northern Maine are Catholic, so they went to the big cathedral in, in Washington. And some of us who weren't Catholic were going to go to a another church nearby, and I can't remember which one it was, but we couldn't find it. And we were walking. So our band director, who attended my church in, in Caribou, too, I told you I went to a Universalist Unitarian church, so a real liberal church, but there were some other kids. Baptist, Methodist, etc. And we were just going to pick one and go. And there were probably 20 of us. So we decided we were just going to go into this church that was right there because, you know, it was almost time for services to start and we didn't want to be still looking for the one that we had planned to go to. So we went in. The whole church was black. The entire church was black. And we looked around. <laughs> we're like, this is cool. I mean, they were so welcoming to us. They were just, they just loved it that we wanted to come to their church. So we sat there. We took part in all of their stuff they did. And when we got back, I wrote a letter to the minister, and I got a really nice letter back. I don't know if I still have it. I don't think I do. But it was like, you know, a whole page, and it was written in, like, calligraphy. It had the most wonderful handwriting, but... This was during the time of the worst race relations <laughs> in the country. I mean, people were, like, rioting and burning cars, and, and all this stuff was going on everywhere in the world. And here we are, these northern Maine kids who don't see color, and we really didn't. So to get back to the present time, I do not believe that Maine is a racist state. And when I started seeing that stuff in the news, it made me angry. Because if the racism is there in southern Maine or in any particular place in Maine, it's because the individuals are bringing it there. It isn't something that exists in general. And I resent having our state dragged through the mud like there's some reason to be ashamed of ourselves. <laughs> so if you hear anybody say it, just say, hey, I know Ginger Cookie, and she's a white girl. And she's white because her parents are white. <laughs> Mainers are white because their families are white and not because they are against blacks. So there, there's the end of my storytelling. All right, so now we have, I guess, the people who were being obnoxious have um, left, most of them. Um, and good. I'm looking back through because it's still showing, even though it's crossed out. So just people being obnoxious. Now, see, what in the heck? That's what they did at Maine Exposed and uh, did last week. So are these the same people? I don't know. Sometimes I like to see what kinds of things they say because you can tell whether or not it's an organized thing or just a few people here. And, uh, you know, Anita Gonzalez. I've seen Anita Gonzalez's name too, but what what did Anita Gonzalez do today? A Russian immigrant. All right. 
Um, okay, so let's see. <laughs> what else, you guys? I I know I get going and I wind up because I don't have anybody that's calling in. If somebody called in and they were being good and they wanted to talk about something important in the world, like would help some of the world problems instead of just being a jerk, I love that kind of thing. So feel free. I was hoping that Desert Pete would be back this week, but we're missing him. Um, I don't know. Could just be telephones or something like that. I have less than $2 in my checking account right now, so I can't... <laughs> can't hardly do anything at the moment. I giggle because what else am I going to do about it? You know, when the lights go off, then we'll just have to use kerosene lamps, right? Um, and what else is going on? Oh, um, I was thinking maybe Jack could come or somebody might come in and tell us about today, but I guess they're not going to show up. So I'm going to go look at my links then and see what else has happened this week that might be of interest to somebody. <clears throat> there is so much. Rand Paul has announced his candidacy. I don't care what anybody says. You can tell me the man is like walking on water. There's no way I'd ever vote for Rand Paul. I've seen his attitude around other people in interviews, and he is obnoxious, in my opinion, and I don't need to see any more obnoxious. We've had enough of that in the White House. So as far as I'm concerned, he's not a viable candidate, and I don't care whether he walks on water. Like I said, there's no way. Um, he He's just he's very full of himself, in my opinion. We already have that in the White House. Um, Something funny that had happened today, um, I don't know what, what the continuing saga of this is, but I, I saw it earlier. People were talking about it on uh, different tweets and blogs and Facebooks or whatever. Um, it was Eves, our, <laughs> our uh, uh, House Speaker, Mark Eves of North Berwick, he's a Democrat, um, that this was on a blog, and it was written by Christopher Cousins on the State and Capitol blog, Main Politics as it happens. Update, despite Eve's 2013 ticket to work law, LePage won't give Dems credit for welfare reform. And apparently, the first um, draft of this that was put up today was full of errors, from what I understand. And that the rest, and that it was corrected so many times that um, it got to be embarrassing. So I haven't gone back to read through all of this carefully, but people in Maine will understand that um, this is just another way that they keep stepping in their own mess. It's mostly their side and not our side, and I'm saying that as the governor's side. Like I said, we're not all Republicans that voted for um, Governor LePage. Some people are independents or libertarians or Democrats that don't like progressiveness. So um, here's the thing that was really funny about that. Um, so there's that one. 
just keep I keep going through like the blogs and the and the Facebooks because the people will show who they are if you just watch them long enough, see what kinds of things they talk about. Um, here's someone's comment right now on Facebook. I won't say who it is, but I find it funny that what they're saying is similar to what I've been saying is that the communications are weird and we have to go in a different, we have to try different things to see how it works. And this person wrote, if I try to type John Martin on the BDN comment pages, it automatically gets held by the moderator bot. I have to type it as, and then it shows John Martin spelled with a space between each letter to get it past the page auto censors. I guess he must have done something really good for the BDN owners. They must have a page of names that automatically gets held for liberal inspection of potential damage. And I've noticed that because if I put Emily Kane in a comment, it will say it's waiting for moderation. So they have people that are, I guess, protected. They're, they're like the untouchables in the stories in the media. Poor Emily. I don't know what's going to become of that poor girl. She really, she really was in such shock that she wasn't real, that she was not elected to take the uh, United States rep position that Michael Mishu um, vacated when he ran for governor. Um, another good one that related to our climate here in Maine, our political climate, uh, was written by Jim Fossil, and it's another blog, Red Two O Seven. It's called. 207 is our area code for phone. A lack of civility threatens Maine's democratic traditions, and it talks about uh, people not being civil in their um, behavior. And there's a big old picture of a, a jar of Vaseline. So Maine will be known for Vaseline, I guess. We'll live with that. <clears throat> Here's that one about people not being civil. saved it because civility is one of my big things is that you can really not like somebody and really not like them intensely, but that doesn't mean you have to act like a jerk in public. You still should be treating people in a civil manner. You can get your point across better, actually, if you're civil. Because they, they love to say, look, they're wigging out. <laughs> they're just nuts. Okay. Um, we had a, an issue with downtown parking. Apparently in in Bangor, people have been moving cars around so that they don't get parking tickets for parking over the two-hour limit because we have free parking downtown. And in order to try to fix that, they decided they were going to put parking meters in. And then people said, well, if you put parking meters in, we won't come downtown. And other people saying, well, we can't be having these people juggle their cars just so they don't get tickets. And it's like people that don't work down there don't care. <laughs> but why can't you juggle your car around? It's not against the law. You know, it's just if your business wants people to be able to park nearby, they should, out of common sense, not park in those spaces. But it's this huge deal right now in town about parking meters. So this past week, they decided that they're not going to talk about it in public anymore because two of our council members got into a little bit of a piff over it. So that's our big deal in Bangor right now is the downtown parking, like anybody cares. What they're doing is they're just protecting their own commercial interests at the expense of 
the general taxpaying public who don't care. We just could go elsewhere where we can park for free. So <clears throat> that's caused some people to come unglued in town, seriously unglued, because they're like, why should somebody else? Yes, of course you pay to park at the mall because your prices are higher, and people are like, are you out of your mind? You don't even have to go in the building. You could park at the mall for free. You don't even have to go in the building. So no, you're not paying it by prices because you're not buying anything. You're just parking your car. Anyway, whatever. They have weird ways of defining things. So there's that. Um, What else I got on here? Oh, the uh, topic about hunting on Sundays. That's why I was a little bit late, like a couple minutes late, because I had I had actually gotten here on probably 20 minutes early, so I'd be ready to start. And I was looking at, at a uh, posting about Sunday hunting, and uh, somebody was giving me all kinds of crap, and I was wondering if they might be a little unbalanced, so I figured I'd better write down their information and make sure I knew who they were in case it gets worse. So <clears throat> Sunday hunting um, is something that comes up every so often. And once again, it's a landowner thing. Um, the people that own land in Maine that have woods, they argue about whether or not they should post it, no trespassing, no hunting, private property, et cetera, to keep people out. And... Um, I've talked about that on here before, too. I don't post the land that I have. I only have about, I think it's about 40 acres in a town about 20 minutes drive from here. And um, people hunt on it. I'm sure they do. But Sundays in Maine, people can't hunt. So that means that if you want to go out and cut firewood or take a hike or let your dogs run in the woods or whatever, you could do it on Sundays in the during hunting season. Well, these people want to be able to hunt on Sundays because they want to be able to make money for these weekend excursions and things like that. People coming in and they can make money, so it's always about the money. And um, every time they bring it up, Maine landowners will say, no, we want a day that we can do what we want. <laughs> and I don't think that's too much to ask since you have access the other six days of the week. And, uh, you know, it it is kind of hard because some people, I mean, they're in the woods doing firewood, you know, for their winter or they have a farm and they're nearby and they don't want people shooting at them when they're out there doing their gardening or whatever. They want to have a day of the week that they can count on that nobody's out there supposedly shooting. <laughs> you might hear them still, but... <clears throat> Anyway, so they wanted to do something where if you were a private landowner, you could let people hunt on your land and it would be up to you. They'd have to have permission. And I mean, I don't know where these people get their common sense from, but the property lines don't have like a force field on them. They don't like, a bullet doesn't know where that property line is, so... You could be still out in your yard and your neighbor has allowed somebody to hunt and you still could have bullets whizzing by your head. And we have some of that anyway. So it's like, I don't know why people can't see that, but 
I am of the same mind that if it ever goes into effect, I'm posting my land and it'll be seven days a week. Nobody will be on it, allowed on it. I'll put no trespassing on it. And that's just how I feel about it. If you can't be happy with six of the seven days, then have no days. That's fine with me. And I don't, I don't hunt, so I was doing it because I believe that Mainers should be able to go and hunt for deer and things like that because that's how they feed their families, some of them. They fill the freezer. And I don't think it's right that people would keep them from it. <clears throat> okay. Um, I saw something on Yahoo News this week that I didn't get it back in time to read. I'm going to open it and see if it's still there. It was about um, the, the uh, headlines sounded interesting. Libya says elements killing U.S. ambassador. I don't know what that means. I I think it was that there was new information that Libya had. And um, we've talked about this before, about some of the theories on what happened there, but it certainly wasn't like the official story, that's for sure. Makes no sense, that official story. People were so nearby that it shouldn't have gone on as long as it did. Anyway, here's the link to that one. Talk about. Sorry if I'm boring anybody. Let me know because we can talk about anything else. I tried to find um, the Rand Paul interview that I heard on Howie Carr one day uh, about uh, when he was really rude to Howie. And I found something else that's not exactly the same. It may have been on the same day, but it wasn't the exchange that I heard that I was trying to find. And today on Howie Carr, they were talking about Rand Paul as a candidate, and Howie has basically excused some of this behavior, and I'm kind of shocked about it because to me, he's he's rude to people. He's rude to people that interview him. And um, today's show on Howie Carr was like uh, Howie was saying, you know, that he knew that um, Rand has a short fuse about some things and that he needs to work on it and that he knows he needs to work on it. It was the poll question today about whether or not it had lessened people's opinions of Rand Paul because apparently he was rude to some uh What's her name? Savannah Guthrie on um, Today Show, I guess. I don't watch those shows. But anyways, um, and that's why they brought up the topic today. So like 75% of the people that listen to Howie Carr thought that it raised their opinion of Rand Paul. So this is just an old Rand Paul um, piece that I found while I was looking for something else, which is typical of my stuff that I find. I'll be looking for something, and I go, oh, this is cool. This is neat. Something different. So here's the, here's that one. This, I think, was in January. Let's see if it has a date on here. <clears throat> yeah, January 7, 2015. Rand Paul, there's no greater critique or one who understands and knows the barbarity of communism than myself. That was the quote. And it says, Rand Paul was on the Howie Carr show today. It was asked if he was having second thoughts about his stance that we need to begin normalizing relations 
with the Cuban dictatorship, given that Castro is more defiant than ever about continuing his Stalinist regime and that Cubans are said to be fleeing Cuba because they fear another crackdown since Obama's Cuba announcement. And Rand Paul started his reply with this. I think what you'll find is there's no greater critique or one who understands and knows the barbarity of communism than myself, and I'll do anything I can to try to overturn and prevent the despair and the hardship and cruelty that comes along with that kind of a system. Um, anyway, he it was just a little bit of a an audio feed from that show. I think it may have been the same day, but it was something about the crazy countries and how he had asked him which ones are the crazy countries, and he started listing them off, like, is it this one, is it this one, and and Rand said that he was being, you know, basically he was being goaded into saying something, so he was irritated and upset. Um, so that's a link. Just another, just another place to show the nature of the person, because anybody can have a bad day, but you don't have bad days repeatedly and have it not be who you actually are. Okay. Um, talked about the Black Girl in Maine blog and all that stuff down in Portland. I already did that. Um, I don't know. If you guys know about this site, it's called Maine Citizens Coalition. I'd never heard of it before. But while I was looking for something else, I came across it, and apparently it's still um, still there and, and active. Let me see if I can get it. I think it's a Facebook. Political organization, Maine Citizens Coalition. I don't know who started it. The mission of the Maine Citizens Coalition is to educate citizens in the state of Maine about founding constitutional principles, the benefits of a free market, and to keep citizens informed about state and national issues. Maybe it's something that is being done by one of the people we know. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, somebody had posted a link to it. Um, with some post that was on it, I guess, and I found that, and I was like, okay, I didn't, I don't think I've heard of this one. There it is. Can I look at it? And um, <clears throat> Agenda 21, because that was in the news this week, and because they had Tom DeWeese come and speak to the legislature today, or some of the legislators, I'm not sure exactly how many. Um, I had pulled out this Agenda 21 for Dummies again, which is a short video made in, um, I think, 2009, it says, has almost one and a half million views on this version. There's many of them that look just like it. So this is one of those that got sent around viral. Um, but if you have anyone who has no idea what Agenda 21 is or how it can affect your life, this is kind of an interesting video. It has a little surprise, like monster at the end. It's like an alien or something. So they could probably say you're crazy because you use this video. But for the most part, it is um, 
straightforward. It's about nine minutes long instead of the really long stuff that people like to, you know, post everywhere that no one has time for. I've used this before in comments in the newspaper. I'll put a link to this. It's like, because they'll say, Agenda 21 doesn't exist. And I'll go, here's Agenda 21 for dummies. <laughs> Whether they watch it or not, I don't really care. So... So let's see. Closing out that. All right. Um, and oh, let's see if this is the one. Um. The woman that threw the Vaseline, or didn't actually throw it, but the woman that made a big scene at the governor's forum last week, um, someone wrote a little blog about her, and it's somebody from Biddeford. I thought it was pretty well done. I don't know this person. Maybe Dottie does, because she knows a lot about Biddeford. Um, the person that wrote it is Randy Seaver, who also has a blog. And what he basically said was that this woman brought bad attention on, on the city of Biddeford. And he ended it by saying, um, where the heck is that? says, uh, did Toomey apologize? Nope. Apologizing is not in her DNA. In summary, Joanne Toomey has become everything she once despised, a petty, vindictive politician who keeps an enemies list. But she was right about one thing, Biddeford does not deserve her. I don't know all the personalities in Biddeford, but from the stories I've heard over the past week from various um, angles, because people have been saying things about this incident and also about Biddeford, because there's other stuff going on there that's not very nice right now. Um, there are some interesting storylines developing from that area of Maine, and it's full of corruption. So maybe sometime we'll get a chance to catch up on some of that stuff. I don't have any direct interest in it other than I really feel a strong need to expose corruption in Maine. I think that when we get to the bottom of a lot of this stuff, it will start to um, clear up our state. Um, He's good at degrading people. I don't know if you're talking about the same person I just mentioned or not, Dottie. Okay, I'm close that out. <clears throat> I'm almost to the bottom of my links. If anybody's going to call in, it's a good time. I've been on a John Mellon camp fit all week. Last week I played you guys a couple of songs right before I started. I played Pink Houses and um, the Authority song. Well, today I played about 45 minutes of John Mellencamp, and I'll tell you, if you have been feeling a little down about the country lately and you're not just quite sure how to you know, put your feet on the ground and think about it again and get back to where we were a little bit, those songs will really take you back fast because it's all about the working man, about the lost farms, about how people were taken advantage of, um, and just 
the videos are like little home movies of our childhood. Maybe may, many baby boomers who had these old home movies, you know, of Christmas or parades and uh, being teenagers and all of that stuff. When you see those little clips of the of the videos. It really takes you back fast because it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember doing that. So if you need a little time travel, try going and looking at some of those John Mellencamp videos. They'll, they'll uh, remind you of the old days. Okay, let me see. I think I've gone through my links because, like I said, I spent a lot of this week responding to things and helping um, with keeping the uh, stirring, the chaos going on until we can get all this stuff hashed out. And um, it takes a lot of time to do that. <laughs> oh, 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 here's another real big one that I skipped over. This is big. And the reason it's big is because it relates to education and um, what's going on. United States and probably in the whole world, but it was just a little story in the newspaper. It was supposed to look like a cool little thing that was going on. National Group says pre-K investment builds a better workforce, and it was um, business a business advocacy group urging Maine to bolster funding for statewide pre-kindergarten programs, claiming the long-term payback could be measured in the millions of dollars. Um, the wording in this article set some people off. <laughs> and I mean the comments the comments show that. Um, the idea we need to understand is that pre K education is workforce development, said Stephen Rich, owner of a Bangor architecture firm and Ready Nation member. He likened early childhood education to a building foundation. If your foundation proves to be weak, Cracks will show up and settlement will happen, and it's much more expensive to repair the cracks and problems after the fact. And it just, I mean, the wording all through this was like, when I read it, I went, oh my gosh, they're hoping to uh, influence parents by this or the public? Who the heck is the audience for this article? Um, the last line in it is, one of the best kind of factories we can invest in is a learning factory. And that was a quote by a man named Yellow Light Breen. We all laugh when we hear his name. His name is really Yellow Light Breen. And then the comments, let's see what the top rated one is, because I would be very surprised if it's not negative. They were all There were a lot of negative comments in here the other day when I was looking at this. Oh, there's only 15 comments. I'm surprised. Okay, the best one by votes. I'm surprised there aren't more comments, probably because they buried it or something. Home Maine said, why not just designate the kid at birth and assign him her a work title then? Uh, lib, lib the, Viz Learned, or Learned. Why start the big education at age four? Why not just create birthing centers at the elementary schools and sign up the little kiddies for classes right away? They don't need parents. Big brother government will change the diapers. So, yeah, there weren't a lot of comments on here, so I have a feeling that it got buried. 
That's fine. I'll just give it to you guys, and you can go look at it, spread it around. But this is right in the same same vein as what Charlotte Isabeet talks about, which is the Soviet model. The you know, just get them when they're really young and indoctrinate the heck out of them, and they'll be good little worker bees. So. And by the way, Dottie had been putting up um, a link to Charlotte's most recent interview, and I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I understand it's very good. And I'll make sure that I do see it at some point, because I just love her. James Skin is singing. Walk right in, sit right down, baby, let your mind roll on. See, Jen Art would sing that. Okay. Speaking of singing, one of my girls that I sing with, I call her a girl. She's not. She's in her late 70s. She just had brain surgery and didn't tell us. Went to rehearsal and thought she'd been on vacation. And no, no, she was out having brain surgery. She had clots removed out of her head. I'm like, oh, my God. So I guess we need to hug and appreciate the people around us at all times because you just never know. She went in to uh, get her um, head examined. <laughs> kind of funny. She had a fall this winter, and she went in to have the uh, follow-up, and they saw that the clots were bigger than they were earlier, so they took her right in for surgery, like within an hour. And she didn't want to bother people, so she didn't tell anybody. I don't know. All right, then. Let's see. We've got... All of my links looked at. So I'm done with that. I'm closing it. I'm going over to see if anything big is happening in the Bangor Daily News because last week, right at the end, we had breaking news of the governor having Vaseline thrown at him, which turned out not to be entirely true. More like he had to endure a little outburst by a grown woman that should know better and then stopped the forum because he wasn't going to sit there after that, and I don't blame him. The woman should have been arrested, at least, because what's happened is we've set uh, a very low bar for expectations by allowing this to have gone as far as it did without any action. So I'm just waiting for the next time when somebody decides they want to throw something and see what happens then, I guess. All right, I'm scanning down through. Portland's going to charge people for using plastic bags at the grocery store. That'll help, right? I'm sure nobody will use plastic bags when they're cheap. They'll just say, okay. What are they going to say? I'll carry home each can separately. They're going to have to pay for the bags, so it's not going to reduce the bags. Let's see. Oh, the main Democrats, they proposed a tax reform plan today because they want to compete with Paul LePage, who's the governor. They're trying to get their spotlight back on them, but we'll see. I doubt it. They just can't give up that they lost the election. They're still trying to be the, you you know, boss everybody around party, and it's not going to work. 
mostly just stuff, mostly just the usual weird stuff, people's opinions, and uh, the constant onslaught of the urban planning and progressive behavior telling everybody how they're supposed to live. That's pretty much all I can see on here. Um, they were going to be doing something about vaccines. I think that was going to be a forum somewhere, but where the heck is that? Oh, they already had, maybe they already had the forum. It gets so when you open up the Bangor Daily News online now, you see just a series of blogs. It's hard to even tell which things might possibly be an article these days. So remember, always take everything with a grain of salt because even when they say it's an article, a lot of times it's more like a blog anyway because it's still slanted. It's still their opinion. So okay, do you think I've covered everything? Is there anything that I've forgotten that was important this week? There's all kinds of stuff going on on every stage. There's stuff going on on the world stage, on the state stage, United States stage, and here in this part of Maine. Um, yesterday, we were supposed to have a big transport plane, one of those huge cargo things, the Antonov. It was supposed to come here, and all these people showed up <laughs> out at the airport so they could see it. And we were there. We wanted to get some video of it landing because they're huge, apparently. I think I've seen one before. But anyway, it didn't come. But while we were out there waiting, of course, people started getting out of their cars, and they were conversing. And we met somebody from the local radio station and just had a blast talking to him. He was so interesting. Um he was a pilot. He he was a uh, like a supervisor trainer for shooting ranges. He sold advertising for the radio station. Um, he was a little bit older than me, so he could relate to a lot of the stuff that I was saying to him. And we were all laughing our heads off. We were just laughing and laughing about stuff. And it was mostly about how we're being spied on and how the um, – the um, antennas and the cell phones and the uh, smartphones and all this stuff are controlling people's behavior and spying on them and stuff. And he was just laughing his head off. All I could think of is he's very cheerful about this. We came home just exhausted from standing out in the cold wind and laughing. He was in his car, so we were just talking to him quite a bit. But it was it was really interesting. And I don't think he had any idea how much... I knew about what he was talking about because he'd say something and I'd drop in something else and then he'd tell me some more. And when we left there, I said, you know, this is why I probably should have had a job with the FBI because I could have got information out of anybody. They just tell me things. I don't know why, but they do tell me things all the time. So. Okay, so I don't know what that means about having my hair done. Um, oh, I see. That was way back because my thing scrolled up. Sorry about that. I thought it was something someone just said, and I'm like, what's that got to do with my hair done? Yeah, it's because one of the jokes is that Jen Art will tell me if I'm late that no, that I should be on time because a girl doesn't know when to have her hair done, and it just cracks me up, so I always bring that up. Okay, so now I'm back in the chat. I'm not going to go back way, way far. I just want to make sure that I haven't missed something important. 
So Anita Gonzalez left. It looked like she said she was a um, from Russia or something. Sorry, you guys. I just heard terrible tire screeching. I think it's okay. I think somebody just almost missed a red light, and that's unusual to hear. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's okay. All right. Um, John Art was talking about Costco, which we don't even have here, but we hear the name. And then James Kim was talking about the song, and I started singing. John Art keeps saying that if we participate, we belong. But I always say we're not participating from full disclosure, so therefore it's fraud. So we have to have full disclosure before we can actually join something because otherwise than that it's not a contract. We're being we're being deceived and so it's fraud and so we can't agree to it with fraud. So ooh. And then they were talking about food. My gosh you guys. And all of that. So And Jen Art said, from grade school, we should be taught to read contract law. I'm learning more about it because this stuff with the bank that I may have talked about last week, but my bank, I believe, is engaging in deceptive practices because they're trying to trick me into thinking that I have to give up a contract and go with a new contract. And I don't think that's the case. But I'm not a lawyer. Um, I think that if I find the original paperwork and it says that this is the agreement, I don't think they could just change the agreement without my consent. But we shall see. And then they're talking about just personal stuff. Oh, I see Costco doesn't use bags or boxes. So that related to... Um, that topic. We have some stores here where you have to bring your own box or they throw a bunch of boxes out front. You can take a box. Um, the thing I find so odd about this, and maybe it's because people just roll over for this urban planning stuff. They just roll over for it. It's like, oh, well, we have to pay for it now. Oh, well, we have to bring our own bags now. Well, I've had this discussion with people about the plastic bags, and the biggest one that usually stops them in their tracks is I ask them how they're going to pick up the dog poop. Because you have to pick up dog poop. If you're walking your dog, you can't just leave it laying on the ground for other people to step in. You're supposed to pick it up. There are ordinances about that. How are you going to pick it up if you don't have any plastic bags? That's what most people use them for. They use them for that kind of thing or for throwing away like uh, something soiled that you know, it could be a biohazard like diapers or, you know, they use the plastic bags. We, most of us reuse them. We don't throw them away. So they're getting a second use already. Um, what are you going to replace that with? You know, you're going to put that in your little fabric carry-all and take it home? I doubt it. So you need plastic bags for some things and, um, if I were going in a store and the store wanted me to buy as much as possible, you would think they would want me to have a way to carry it to my car and not punish me because I don't have something with me. 
because maybe I didn't plan on going there, you know. I have like a, a little, it's like a bin. It's like a little two-handled, it's not, um, it's not collapsible. It's like a plastic bin. And I love taking that if I go shopping somewhere because you could put it in the cart, throw everything in it, and then just put it up on the counter, put everything out of it, and then repack it in it. And it's about the size of a good-sized cardboard box, but it's plastic. So it's not going to, you know, get ruined. But you have to remember to bring it with you, you know. So I don't know. If I were a store owner, I would want to make my customers happy as heck to be there. And I'd want to be serving them as best as possible. And that isn't charging them for a way to carry it. It's crazy to me that people even do it. We used to have uh, paper bags in Maine. And... um because we, ha- we make paper products in Maine. Hello. And I remember the first time we were visiting in Florida, and I was at the checkout at the grocery store, and they asked me if I wanted paper or plastic. And because of the southern accent, I said, what? And they said it like three times, and I still didn't know what they were saying, because it never occurred to me that you'd have a choice about how the store is going to package what they're giving you. So I was like, I don't know what you're saying. And finally someone says, they're asking if you want paper bag or plastic bag. And I went, oh, I have a choice. <laughs> Cracked me up. Because if your state produces paper bags and you've had paper bags your whole life, you just think the grocery store has paper bags. <laughs> we never thought about having a choice. Hysterical. So then they got rid of the, rid of the paper bags because they're going to save the trees. And now we have to get rid of the plastic bags because it's bad for the environment. So I don't know what the next harebrained idea of the um, Algorians, as we call them. I don't know what it will be, but I find that stuff really funny. Next week it will be, we have to use paper. Then it will be, no, we need to use plastic. So anyway... If someone has an answer to how you pick up the dog poop, let me know. Jean, what the heck is with the words here? Clean up your act, please. All right, let's see. Rushing to the welfare line. I don't go to Walmart. I try not to go into places that are nasty. Walmart's nasty. They're not even good to the people that work for them, so they can, you know, go float. Um, let's see. Desert Pete. Hey, cool. We wondered if you were coming. Good. Deli M says, I'm going to wrap up soon. I was, but now Desert Pete's here, so let's see what's going on with Desert Pete, shall we? What's going on? Hi, Desert Pete. Oh, boy. I just You made it in the nick of time. I was, I was about five seconds from leaving, so I'm glad you're here because we were wondering where you were. I, I just log on, and the first thing on my screen says, hey, Pete, get on the phone, so... Uh, yeah. It's it's been a crazy two weeks. Uh, we wondered what happened to you because you were missed. People asked, "Where's Desert Pete?" 
Well, thank you. Appreciate being missed. Uh, it's, it's nice addressing human beings for change, unlike some people I encountered a few days ago. But uh, uh. Uh, I, I apologize for missing both last week's show and the first part of this show until I finally get around to calling in. So uh, just kind of hitting the the biggest news is a lot of things are changing for me here. Uh, most for the better, except for the sucker punch setbacks like I had about three days ago. Uh, I came in to, I'll just phrase it lightly and say enough money to live on here. And I tried to rent a car to go get some really important business done. And I called, I made the mistake of calling Avis and the online uh, I didn't do it online. I, I looked up their phone number and called and talked to their telephone operator to book a reservation because uh, I had just learned that there was an Avis in the town only 30, 30 miles from here. Uh, yeah. They did not do deliveries like the other person that I used to deal with, but don't any longer for a variety of reasons. Uh, so I was going to have to get a ride over there. Well, I... I bribed a neighbor 20 bucks to get a ride over to Ridgecrest, and he politely got me over there, dropped me off at the door, and I thanked him, paid him his 20, and he went on back back to Trona. And when I went in, they saw, oh, you're using a debit card. I said, yeah. I, I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. I stated it was a debit card when I booked the reservation. I asked yeah. the thick foreign accent telephone operator two times and it was a recorded call i asked two times i said this is a debit you surely take debit don't you yes certainly and then she mumbled something else with an asian accent that i couldn't understand what she was mumbling well the the second word she was mumbling was and we do a credit check on you as soon as you step through the door they forgot to tell me that in clear english I didn't hear that part, but I had the same thing happen to me when my dad was dying. I wanted to go over to Vermont, and I didn't dare take the car I had. Yeah. And I wanted to rent a car, and they wouldn't let me at Enterprise because they said they had to have a credit card. And I said, "Yep." I said, "I have a debit card," and they go, "No, it needs to be a credit card." Oh, it was. It was uh, maybe it was from my dad's funeral because I was thinking. Yeah. I it, don't know. I can't remember, but they, they. They gave me such a fit. I was so upset. I said, I could go to the bank right now and get you cash and give it to you. No, we can't take cash. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, the bizarre situation. I think they think you're going to do something to the car and they can't rebuild it if it's a debit card or something. I have no idea why well, it's different. Here's the bizarre thing that that's happened to me this week is yeah. – them telling me that after I had booked the reservation and after my ride over to Ridgecrest had already gone home. Yeah, so you're now you're stuck there. I was there, age 64, yeah. with a friend who was in his 50s who had a health problem, yeah. telling two elderly people to go walk home 30 miles away in the desert is not a cool thing to do. No, absolutely not. And then somebody in the room said, well, here's a business card for the taxi. And I said, fine. 
do you have a cell phone? I don't. Now, the, the really ironic thing, I had just purchased a brand new cell phone, had it in my pocket, but it had not been activated yet. One of the yeah. things I had to do after I rented a car was to drive over to Verizon and yeah, get so it activated. completely screwed up your whole day. Probably more I than had day. a half a dozen extremely important business things to do with that car. Yeah. yeah. And now they are stranding me 30 miles from home. Yeah. Not offering me a dime of help and telling me to go call a cab on my own cell phone, which I don't even have one working. Yeah. Um the uh there was another party uh in the lobby hearing my story and he said, "Well, I'm using this cab that's out there now. Shall I tell them to come right back and help you?" And I said, "Would you please, sir? I would appreciate that." So so about 20 minutes later, the the cab returned and I at least got a cab. Now the cab ride from Ridgecrest to Toronto for future reference cost $64 one way. Uh, fortunately, I just, well, I had two bank stops I had to do that night. Uh, at least they got me over to the, the one bank account that had enough for me to pull out to have cab fare to get home. Uh, but that just was not cool. Then when I, uh, Got home, finally got home that night and got online and filed a complaint with their customer service online. The lousy response I got back from them, well, our rental agreement on page four, subparagraph such, subparagraph such and such, says such and such, and you should have noticed that before booking a car for, for rental. And based on that, uh, we can only offer you a, a non-cancellation refund. Uh, they said, well, we noticed you failed to cancel your your reservation. I'm thinking, what do you mean cancel it? I walked in there with my driver's license and the same debit card I booked it on. They're in person, uh, really? and you wouldn't give me a car. Yeah. And I it, it cost me 20 bucks to get over there. And he's uh, accusing me of, well, you failed to cancel. What? What kind of expletive deleted baloney is this? Uh, so anyway, the guy is, is telling me, well, that they, they might refund me $100. You took 350 out of my account. I even prepaid it because the sales agent said, oh, you can save, save $12 if you prepay. And I think, great, I need every $12 I can find at the moment. So I actually prepaid it. They took the money, and now he's telling me they were only going to give me a hundred dollars back. Huh. Um, I I was so steaming mad. I I just couldn't think what to do next. So I just had to sit on it for forty eight eight hours. Uh, thank God when I checked my bank balance this morning. Uh, apparently their attorney reviewed the situation and the recordings and said we're going to be in a heap of trouble if we don't refund everything. So it, it all showed up this morning, but not after a whole bunch of grief, and it still screwed up my life. Yeah, I was supposed I mean, to be get. I, I had booked the car for a whole week. I have a week-long... You have long, damages. You have damages. I have a week-long list of... Oh, I can't even go into the phone. In, uh, I won't say it publicly. I, I've just got some 
really big business hitting me here all, all at once. Uh, mm-hmm. Just kind of fell out of the sky, and Good. I've got some urgent stuff to do here between L.A. and Vegas, and I needed that rental car, and now I have nothing, and I'm. And back the thing is that, from desert. what I understand, because some this happened to somebody else recently here, like a month or so ago, they were wanting to rent a car to go out of state with it. And they wouldn't let them rent it. I forget which one it was, which car rental, but they wouldn't let them rent because they only had a debit card. And it's like people, a lot of people in Maine don't have credit cards because they've gotten burned on them, so they don't use them. So they were like going to use somebody else's. They won't let you. You have to be the person that's driving it. So you're, uh, you can't even borrow somebody else's credit card to do it. Two kind of subparagraph things worth a, a, a good, good big yuck about good funny laugh. Yeah. Uh, another friend of mine told me how he rented cars. Was he said Wells Fargo um, said if he if they left five hundred dollars in the account. In other words, you bought something like a $500 CD, and you posted that as collateral. Then they issued you a real credit card, but it only had a headroom of $500 on it. Yeah. Nevertheless, it was a credit card, and he tells me he can rent anything with that. Now, stop and think. If he wrecks the car, what can they charge in that card? $500. The particular card that I was using, and i got to be careful about this. This was a new account. If anybody has been monitoring Desert Pete's personal finances, it's a different account now. It's not the one that you may already know about. But I was using a different card that night. It was a debit card, but it was a debit card that shortly will have a balance on it sufficient that I could have purchased every car they had in the lot. Cool. However, it was a debit card, so they wouldn't even loan me an old Ford. I understand. I get it. I'm sitting here with a dollar ninety-seven in my checking account and assets. <laughs> uh, it I doesn't was, make any freaking sense. One of my corporations <laughs> has has a savings account. I was looking at its balance, and it was eleven cents. So. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy what they're doing, and what it is is they're just they're making it so people can't even move. I, I see your dollar ninety-seven cents, and I'll I'll down it by Raise eleven cents. 11. <laughs> well, I thought we could do like a competition each week as to who's got the lowest bank balance, but that, that I thought could that be probably it. would be too difficult for us to deal with. But <laughs> you know, that's it, and. Uh, well, what's also real embarrassing is, yeah, Mr. Former Stockbroker here, who's running several corporations. I I go to, I log on my bank statements and it shows me all of them at once, and then, well, it naively assumes I I can really spend all of it myself, which I can't because it's all each account yeah. has its own liabilities. But the point yeah. is, it goes and adds them all up, yeah. and when I added up all those different corporate accounts. And saw the balance was less than twenty dollars. <laughs> That's not good. I figured I'm in kind of bad shape here. Well, like when, well, like when I would say, you know, I stopped talking about all that stuff to people because honestly, if I said, you know, hey, I've got like five cans of beans in the house, and 
and and they go, well, why don't you go get assistance? You should go get assistance. I don't qualify. Exactly. I, don't, I look like I have all kinds of money. And as and I explained, so. <laughs> se- se- yeah, several several Udi shows ago, I I humbled myself and actually went in to ask for one of those assistants. And man, you sign over everything you own. That's what they want. It's the control of people. That's it. And I'm thinking, well, let's see, I own some worthless land out in a desert in another state that I've I've owned it for 30 years. I've never been able to afford to build on it, but someday I might. Uh, it's out in the middle of nowhere. It has no resale value. It has the same tax-assessed value today as it had when I bought it 30 years ago. It has not gone anywhere financially, but it's land that I might want to use someday. And I'd have to declare that and or liquidate it at its horribly depressed price. Who yeah. buys raw land in the middle of nowhere anymore? Nobody. That's right, yeah. Uh, and I'm thinking, you're digging a, a poor old guy's, what puny assets I may still own in life, you want to take those from me? What's going on here? Um... So that was my big sucker punch of the week, and I'm still sitting here trying to recover from it. But in the meantime, my my second headache today is uh, this new telephone, I, new cell phone I got is a BlackBerry, and it has a Wi-Fi browsing ability on it. Except I can't get it to mate with the browse with the with the modem here in the house and the house Wi-Fi network. And one thing on it is telling me, oh, just do a WPS setup. And, well, I found a WPS button on the modem, and I pressed it, and nothing happens. And I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. Other than it says, go to the administrator screen. And I'm thinking, what administrator screen? So if it isn't one thing, it's another. Your show didn't just cut off, did you? No, I'm here. I'm oh, just... okay. okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was I was listening for a change because <laughs> I've been talking so long. Um, Jen Art was saying that you could use Hertz reserve a business economy, ask the agent for a free upgrade at the airport. But I said you couldn't use a debit card. I bet you couldn't yeah. use a debit card at the airport either because I don't think it's just one car rental place, I think they're all doing that. They are all and getting over that. And I think the way that. they were trying to say it was that they needed the credit card because in case something happens that they yeah. need to bill you more or whatever. But as I explained a few minutes ago, I know a friend renting cars with a real credit card that only has $500 headroom on it. Yeah. They probably oh. have some kind of like uh, corporate rules or something. I think that people should just open their own car rental business and let these people go float. <laughs> they keep saying, well, let's do it ourselves. Why do we need to if, even deal uh, with these people? <sighs> the Bible says, be angry but sin not, which which is kind of saying that uh, when hardships of life happen, you're welcome to be angry. I mean, God even endorses you getting angry, but just don't yeah. do crazy things from it. Do something intelligent. Right. I got okay. an idea for rental company. Let me bounce this off you. Okay. 
Are you familiar with this, this new three-wheeled car called an yeah. Elio? Yes, I've seen it. Cool. Okay. They're going to be coming off the assembly line for only just under $7,000. Yes. Uh, they say two people, uh, cramped, sorry to say, but nevertheless, it's transportation, and it has a heater and an air conditioner in it. You can drive it in cold weather like yours, or you can drive it across Death Valley like mine if you if you needed to. It gets over 80 miles to a gallon. Brand new, it is less than $7,000. How about renting those things, and the only thing you ask for is a driver's license to prove that they're not a drunk and haven't lost their ability to control a vehicle, and cash. Take debit, take cash. With a little thought, you could even take barter. Tell them they can't use anything but cash. <laughs> if the See guy steals then. it from you, you are only out $7,000. And because it is a state-registered vehicle, it will eventually show up somewhere. You're yeah. not going to lose any of these things. They're going to show up somewhere. You'll eventually get it back. Now, if the guy totally wrecks it, well, he's risking his own health if he does something that stupid. But if he does a few hundred dollars damage on it, well, it's a few hundred dollars damage, and it's not like you're renting out a an SUV that you just jing a door panel, and that's a $3,000 repair. Well, the whole thing on this is 7000 so the repairs can't be too awful bad. Yeah. Um, so as I look at it, the biggest expense would be covering insurance on it. Now, you would have to mandate that they buy insurance with it. I don't care if you have your own insurance policy. I don't, care. I don't know if they really want to cover this vehicle. So we will only rent this to you with insurance included. But cash or debit is acceptable. And like I say, if we got real creative, if, if we got somebody who really knew how to run a pawn shop, uh, and eBay, and there's a lot of people out there who are brilliant at that. Uh, we could even start taking barter on a rental. Uh, but uh, these things should be should be coming off the assembly line this fall. I'd love to, to cruise down to Texas and say, I would like to place an order for 100 of your vehicles, one of each color. Yeah, really. And then go fill a lot with them. Now looking are they, at are they scary on an on a highway like on an interstate highway? Would they be scary to drive? The, are they small that you'd feel like you're going to get run over by the tractor trailers? I have not ridden in one. They say it will go ninety to a hundred miles an hour. Wow! Now, how long it takes to get up to that speed is another issue. Yeah. Now, one area I've driven here in the country that could be pretty scary is the state of New Mexico. Uh, the speed limit is 75 miles an hour, even for trucks. And getting on the interstate freeway in New Mexico, you better be doing 75 by the end of that on-ramp, or that truck could run over you. Oh, wow. Um, that's one of the scarier places to drive in this country. Uh, I've never been there, so that's one yeah. of the parts of the country I've not been to. So Now, Los Angeles is the other crazy place. Uh, Los Angeles, if as long as it, 
Los Angeles only slows down when it's bumper to bumper. If mm-hmm. if you've got three car lengths between you, everybody's doing 70. So getting on and into that kind of a high-speed bumper-to-bumper driving, that kind of takes a, a performance car. But uh, shocks, there's there's wimpy old Volkswagens that manage to get into L.A. all the time, so it wow. can be done. Um, but looking at the local community here, we have one senior center that will take you to the next town for groceries if you book your ride three days in advance, and it's $20 a ride, $20 a person. Who can schedule your personal life that, oh, I won't need a ride anywhere for three days? Uh, That's not easy to do. Nine times out of ten, my life changes by the hour. And whoops, i got to run over to the nearest ATM to me, which is over 30 miles from here. I need my car. Well, I don't have a working car at the moment. Uh, That's where I think I'd have a lot of business from just locals here. And if we could rent these things for like 40 bucks to to run a trip to the next town, but now you have room to carry packages or a second passenger. Uh, Shucks, I know one old guy here in this town who actually rides his bicycle to the next town, like I say, 26 miles away, and he rides it in 100-degree weather. That scares me. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that anything that could be life-threatening, people need to be thinking about that before they head out. And like I say, he was no spring chicken either. He was older than me. Yeah. Uh, Healthy as an ox, though, with all that exercise he gets, but, uh, but still... This weather kills people, uh, and it kills young, healthy people. So, uh, you, you know what it's still it. doing in Maine? Snowing? Yeah. Oh, boy. We had snow, a little bit of snow spitting today, and we're supposed to be getting some weather again, I guess. I don't know when, the next day or two. Then it's going to maybe go up to 50. We'll be ecstatic. Well, we, yeah, it's uh, white out there still. We have white. Well, the, the last time I called in, what, two weeks ago now, uh, we were having a fall spring, and we were oh. flirting with mid-80s, upper 80s, and we've had two batches of flowers come out in the backyard, first the white ones and then the yellow ones. Yeah. Uh, and then, of all things, our cactus up in the front of the house bloomed, but it had a bloom for only about three days. It was gone, and nothing else bloomed because the drought came back. <laughs> and the heat and the cactus could cough up one bloom, and that's it. Um, well, now we've got a, a new chili spell blowing through. I'm sitting here wearing a sweater talking to you. It's Well, it's, I saw I saw something about how that airflow was going to be coming down across Canada and then dip down and then go back up over the top and come towards Maine. So it was it was an odd-looking thing. It wasn't a straight across pattern. It was like this big scoop right down around, you know, where you guys are out in the west coast 
and then go back up again and across. It was the strangest looking thing. But um yeah, they had they had below zero in the last few days in northern Maine. It's like you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, but our the, weather is bizarre right now. The military and their toys are just throwing the whole world's Yeah, work. we were supposed to have the Antonov here yesterday. It was supposed to be landing and um it didn't leave Houston. I don't know why, but that's where it was supposedly coming from. Everybody was standing out by the airport because they were all excited to see it. And uh, I think it might possibly be coming Saturday. So I'm going to, if it does, I'm going to hope to try to get a um, video of it landing. Uh, that would be cool. Which plane was that? The big, that big honking thing called the Antonov. Oh, the Antonov. Uh, 225, I guess, is the I number. I think so, yeah. Like wow. I, I would like to see that one land. Me too. Uh, it was going around Facebook that it was going to be coming, so everybody was showing up out there, and I don't know if it was actually on any news media. I think it was like just people started sharing it from some radio station story or something, and there were all these people showed up, and then the plane didn't come, so people were going from one group of people to the next saying, it's not coming, it's not coming, because <laughs> they were already there waiting. That's too Pretty bad. Funny. Yeah. Uh oh, the military exercises they were doing for a couple of weeks that I was talking about last time seem to have ended. I haven't heard anything other than the the regular daily commutes happened since then. Hmm. So whatever tensions we had two weeks ago have, have either lightened or they're more worried about different problems. <laughs> I don't know. And I haven't been able to listen to Able Danger now for two weeks. Like I say, some some crazy things started happening about two weeks ago, and that's. I finally remembered it was Uda night about 8 p.m. Ah. An hour or two after you would have logged off. So uh, again, sorry about that. And, and tonight uh. almost ended up the same way. Like I say, I was dealing with uh, other problems this morning, and then. Um, and then now I'm trying to get, uh... well, yeah, one of the other problems, is the the old modem here in the house was just spontaneously shutting down for no apparent reason, and then it kind of healed itself a minute later. And if you were trying to stream something, like if you were listening to Field or whatever, and your modem dies, yeah. well, Field has enough blackouts as it is, but when your own modem starts acting up, it's even more annoying. So I, I called the provider and belly ached and loud enough, and they sent us a new one. So I finally got around to installing the new modem, and as I feared, I'm glad I picked it on a relatively non-busy day because that was about three hours down the drain before I got that working. When you install a new modem, now you have to reinstall your wireless printer all over again on every computer in the house because the new modem has new passwords and passphrases and a bunch of other baloney. Yeah, I think that computers are good when they're working well. Otherwise, they're just a big waste of time yeah. because it, it will. It'll drive people crazy while they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. It could take a whole work day. Which makes me wonder why so many people like smartphones because I've only had one for two days now and I'm seeing it as, oh no, I'm carrying another computer in my pocket. 
as if this computer speaks a different language than the computers I've learned languages of. Uh, so I'm, I'm not really ready to endorse <laughs> anybody's smartphone. smartphone I don't. I have no desire to ever have one. I'll probably never have one. I can't imagine I will. Well, I optimistically looked at BlackBerry and saw that it had a physical keyboard, and I thought, well, at least it should act like a laptop. No, it doesn't. It's a smartphone. It still acts weird on its own. And that keyboard, those keys are so tiny. I can't. I I have a hard time looking at it when somebody else is showing me something on it. It's too small for me. But the I'm other night when we were having rehearsal, one of the girls that was there, I call them girls, but anyway, we're all older. Um, she was showing a, a YouTube video on her phone. I didn't know she could do that. Oh, the memory is so big, you can store a video on the phone. So even if you don't have a connection, you can be playing your own videos off your own hard drive. The This phone that I got has got 64 gigabytes of its own RAM, of its own uh, storage space. Yep. In your pocket. Yeah, that, that keyboard that I was optimistic about from the pictures, well, now that I'm holding it here in my hand, the physics of the thing... You forget using your four fingers, it's it's thumbs only to type on this thing. And now I'm I'm holding my thumb on the keyboard and I see each thumb is three and a half keys wide. <laughs> so Wow. So Oh, what a challenge here. The challenge of uh, of technology. But no, I talking to another engineering friend and we, we both agree smartphones are just toys. Uh, they're not a business tool, but uh, you make do. And uh, I simply the thing I like about my tablet is that I can use it if something's wrong with my, you know, my big computer. But I still prefer my big computer because it's so much easier to, you know, do things with it. And I still use a mouse. I use a, a wireless mouse. So. Well, I'm still using a wired mouse on my computers, but. Uh... Uh, and if anyone in the listening audience is, well, if Desert Pete hates smartphones so much, why did he even get one? Well, I encountered a business situation that the only way the transaction would go through is if I could send a confirmation text from my smartphone. Well, a week ago, I didn't have a smartphone to send a confirmation text. Consequently, I could not perform that business transaction. So in hopes of doing much bigger business with that organization in the future, I shelled out and bought a smartphone. And now I'm encountering different issues. So can't win for losing. But, uh, well, it, it's like I, I describe it as you think you know what you're doing, so you make a plan, and then the next day the rules change. Yeah. And so you go, okay, that's fine. I'll be flexible. I can work with that. And you change and you make another plan, and then the next day the rules changed again. And so after a while you just say, you know, I'm wearing myself out here trying to work around all this stuff. I've yeah. actually told some of the places I've called, I said, you know, I can't work with you guys because I don't know what you're doing next, so I'll just do what I think is best. <laughs> That's what I tell them. And they probably think I'm out of my mind, but. 
but four four years without my own car, and I finally get the resources I thought to be able to rent a car. I was just ecstatic three days ago, thinking, "Wow, come uh, come Monday, I'm actually going to have a car in the driveway that works. It'll take me wherever I need to go." Until I got there. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, you're almost better off just finding a neighbor that works during the week and ask them if they you can rent their car. Well, <laughs> can I rent was, your car and I'll bring it back washed with gas in it? That was my story Saturday when when all these things kind of dropped in my lap that I needed to get done, and I literally hiked to both ends of the town uh, to handle what little I could and begged with neighbors on both sides of me and across the street and nobody had time to do anything that day and I thanked them anyway but well excuse me but well I don't want to criticize neighbors but uh, but I needed a ride that day and I couldn't find anybody to get me one anywhere uh, some of the rude treatment I got at uh, at a convenience store in town is just I don't know why that guy is in business oh. I uh, I had to send a money gram to somebody and this particular convenience store used to have a little tiny two foot wide table over in a corner and a telephone and you could send a money gram from that. You called in your order and you wrote down the confirmation number, then you took your confirmation number up to the clerk and paid it, and then he gave you the password that you sent to your recipient. Uh, I'd used it before. I knew it was kind of awkward. Well, and now he's moved his phone. He set it up right by the entry door to the store. You as a customer now stand in the door as people are squeezing around you. And then this crazy owner, I don't know where his head's at. He he was about to, to take off for the day, and he walks up to the door, pushes his way around me as I'm on the phone trying to deal with a financial transaction. And then he remembers, oh, something he had to tell his... Uh, his uh, cash register clerk. So he's standing two feet away from me, and he turns around, looks at the register clerk, and he starts talking real loud, telling him what he had to do for the for the evening shift. He's two yep. feet away from me, shouting. Yep. That's People not rude. No that's idea. that's stupid. I was a paying they customer. No they have no idea. They don't even know. People do stuff all the time, and and they don't even know. They're it's like they're in their own little bubble. Yeah. Oh. Uh. Anyway, he got the dirtiest look from me that he'd ever seen in his life, and 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 in his thick, broken, foreign accent, said, "Oh, excuse me," and then continued talking loud. <laughs> Cultural differences. Cultural differences. Uh, yep. that's, that's a California convenience store for you. Uh, uh, well, it's the same most places. 
I think it's how some of the infiltration is taking place, but I don't want to sound like I'm a xenophobe because I'm not. But I think that's how it's taking place, some of it, because think about a convenience store. Everybody comes in and out of them. They're like yeah. sitting there watching everybody in the whole town. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I mean, it's noticeable in Maine. If you go in some of the smaller convenience stores, it's noticeable who owns them. They're not the local people. They're people from somewhere else that came in. Yeah. Um, and they think they're blending in, which is even funnier, because you can't really blend in here. It's not something that's easy to do. I think it's about three ethnic groups that are at the top of the list of convenience store ownership out here in California. It's probably different across the country. But uh, you'll usually nine times out of ten, you'll you'll usually hear one of those three accents, and this was one of those three. Uh, yeah. And I, I, well, anyway, I know there's Americans that want work, uh, but uh, speaking as a wimpy American myself, I really don't like the idea of having to deal with the public, especially public that might walk in carrying a 45 someday. I prefer not to deal with that kind of kind of customer. Uh, <laughs> and I don't mean Tucson, Arizona, where everybody wears a 45 pistol on their side. <laughs> That's the well, weirdest town the, I've ever visited. <laughs> we've got the um, constitutional carry bill that come up in Maine. And um, at the beginning of the show, if you do get a chance to listen to the archives, I played um, the video. Well, of course, they can't see us, but they could hear it of Phil Merletti and Wayne Leach and Jack McCarthy speaking yesterday oh. at that. Um, apparently the thing went long, long, like hours and hours, but they had like three minutes. People were were um, limited in what they were able to even talk about, but yeah, I talked about that. So you have a chance to hear that if you want to. We've got a lot going on in Maine right now. Just tons. Tons and tons, but it's only a few people doing it all, which is cracking me up, because it always looks like it's way more, and it isn't. It's just a few people. It's like the same people that serve on all these committees, and the same people go and speak before the committees and show up at the meetings. Oh. It it isn't even. It's a handful of people, if you boil it down, that are the movers and shakers. Anyway, there's people that'll jump on as cheerleaders, but they're not but, leaders, so. But as you and I have lamented on many a show, who has the money to get politically active? It it takes gas money to get to a rally. That's it takes right. hours yeah. of your time to uh, to do or prepare anything, and hours of our days are usually spent related to survival. So, who has the hours to invest in preparation for any of the political stuff? Yeah, I mean, they get a lot of the people on the other side get paid to do their stuff, and um, yeah. we don't. We get we don't get paid to do this. That's right. So I mean, it's kind of amazing how much has been able to be having been done, just because you know people cared enough to do it. Uh, well, any uh, updates enabled danger? Like I say, I've, I've missed. All their shows for about three weeks. I have now. missed quite a bit too. Um, it seems like Field's been tra- traveling a lot, so 
I don't know where he was going this week, but it seems to me he was going somewhere this week. He might be going back over to United Kingdom again. Um, I've had a lot going on here, too, where I'm still trying to save my empire, and every day I get interesting new mail, shall we say. I've had a few certified letters this week, and I go down to the post office, and I always say the same thing when I hand them the slip. I go, I'm here for my hate mail from the government, and I laugh. It's usually a lean. So <clears throat> we'll see how it goes. I'm doing the best I can. I think that's a song. Doing the best I can. That, that's all any of us can do. Yeah. I mean, well, I have to keep trying to figure out what their idea of a joke is this time. It's the same thing as what I just said to you. Is like you make plans. You think you're doing something. You're finally almost at the end of the tunnel, and then there's another new twist. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I've, I've joked with other friends in the same boat as mine and said, well, I guess our middle names are Sucker Punch. Uh, that's not good it's either. it's been going for, for so long. That, yeah. that just devastates anybody when, when the, the unexpected just jumps out at, at you and you had a reservation number, you had a, had a debit card with a nice balance on it for a change. You planned ahead, Pete. You planned ahead. You I, had your ducks in a row and you planned ahead and they decide to come up with something that's like a monkey wrench in it. Like, what the heck? I would have done the same thing. I would have probably flipped out. I would have said, what in the heck is wrong with you? And give me your mother's telephone number. I'm going to call her right now. No, I wouldn't have gone that far. But I mean, just just something well, off the wall that would have made them think, you know, we really ought to make this woman happy because she's not quite all there. Although that's I'm it. Much there. Yeah. You're right. I, I had more ducks in a row than I had had in a long time, and I wasn't expecting this mountain lion to jump out behind that rock. Well, see, this is the thing I think, if it were me, and I, I don't know how you are, but just from your reaction, I get irritated worse because of the fact that I planned. It's like yeah. I would look at them because they're usually looking at you like, well, you should have known that. I ha We have these policies, why didn't you read the fine print, that kind of thing, infuriates me. That just puts me right over the edge. It's the worst thing you could possibly say to me because I do plan. And no. so I would be looking at them like, are you done talking now? And, and then they'd be like, oh, she's hostile. Oh, well, yeah, that, I am that, because I planned. That, and that I want to so know why cool. you're not giving me what you told me you were going to give me. That is so <laughs> very true. But when you you look at your own situation, you realize, do you know what I went through to be able to stand here in this spot? And they don't care because and they're just looking at a computer screen and doing what the boss says. So they don't care about that. Where's my supper? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you hear that? Where's my supper, he just said. I'm laughing. I'm yeah. laughing. It's Ten, it's quarter past ten here, and we already had supper, so that was a joke. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the debit versus credit, well, the Visa or MasterCard logo used to mean something. Yeah, But the right. word debit or credit cancels it. Yeah, they. that's exactly right, because when, um, when I first had the um, debit card from the bank, they told me you could use it exactly like a credit card. 
So I was like, oh, cool, because then yeah. I, I know what I have in there. I'll just use it, and I don't have to worry about the credit card thing or the interest on the credit card and everything. And I think this was just a way to force the public into taking their credit cards. That default rate is ridiculous. Well, It looks like it's up to almost 30% on some of these cards. If you are a day late, give me a break. There's no way I'd ever take one again. As I mean, much I have, as I have a debit card, so that I can use a card if I have to have a card. Yeah, as as much as banksters are pretty much our mortal enemy here on this show, yeah. one exception may come into play here. Really? Uh, banksters want to protect their Visa or Mastercard logo for having lots of power. Yeah. Well, the car rental agencies are destroying that with this policy. I wouldn't have even, say I was on a trip, it wouldn't have occurred to me that they wouldn't take that. I mean, I could be five states over somewhere needing to rent a car or, you know, because my car broke down or whatever, and I would probably not be able to be dealt with if somebody told me that and I was five states over, that I can't rent a car because I'd be like, unglued. Well, I literally was in the next county as it <laughs> yeah. was. And well, thank well, God we, we've had decent weather here recently, but if that had happened to me in early August, late July or August, yeah, that's deadly weather between here and there. I was two miles probably from my house when I was refused to have a, and probably about two miles from my bank when I was refused to be able to rent a car. I looked at them like they had two heads. I said, what do you mean I can't rent a car? Yeah. I have the money in there. Well, I said, do you want me to go get you the cash and then you can have it in your hand and you'll know for sure you have it? No, we can't do that. We have to have a credit card. And I was like, well, I don't have one. So you're telling me I can't be a customer here? Yeah. And, and they said, no, you can't. <laughs> I looked at them and I went, you're nuts. I said, you're nuts. You're refusing business. Because you can't take cash. I said, that doesn't even make sense. I said, I'll pay you double or whatever, and I'll just come and get the refund when I come back, right, if that's what you're worried about. Do uh, rental agencies check to see how many DUIs are against a driver's license number? I have no idea. I didn't rent cars. I didn't have to rent cars. You know what I mean? I didn't need to, so I didn't know that they had even changed anything. I think the last time I rented a car was my exciting trip I took to Chicago in the mid-2000s. I forget when it was, 2006 maybe. That was the only time that I rented a car by myself. And, I mean, it was just because I was traveling. They didn't have a problem then, but maybe I, I maybe it was still a credit card then. I don't think it was, though. They probably just changed their rules. Yeah. I, uh, I don't want to jinx myself by boasting about being such a safe driver because I know other sucker punches can happen and, and drunk Mexicans can come out of the can come out of a side road you didn't even know was there. Uh but I have a pretty safe tracking record here. The last accident that was really my fault was over thirty years ago. Yeah. And I'm a teetotaler. Are they as strict on anybody with a DUI as they are against anybody trying to use a debit card? I don't which know. is the which is the greater crime here? 
which are you most likely to get an accident problem from? Somebody who may have a DUI on his record or somebody with a 30-year safety record and he's a teetotaler? Yeah, I know that the people have a right to set their own policies for their businesses and stuff. That's perfectly fine. It's just that uh, in it fact, doesn't make sense to me that you turn away business. If if the Desert Pete and Ginger Car Rental Agency starts up, uh, yeah, really. I, I might want to issue bonuses to teetotalers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you could, though, but how are you going to prove they never, I guess? Well, never... I know. Uh, a signed affidavit from three friends or something might Not help. Really. But, uh, um, well, just the fact that they may or may not have some DOIs on the record. That tells you one thing right there. Uh, but uh, no, I I would be issuing bonuses and or special discount rates to extremely safe drivers. Uh, and the other thing I thought is uh, be a valued customer for either four rentals or a year always returning the car in good condition and on time, and maybe we could upgrade you to an electric car with four wheels so you can carry two or three passengers. Yep. Uh, and that's that's another thing we could uh, we could move move customers up to. So uh, I think I've got the essence of a genuine business plan there. Knowing, as we both know now, know how desperate people are to get a vehicle, but they only have a debit card. I think there's a big untapped audience out there of uh, of a market to tap on that. To the point that I think if if we worded it right, we might actually get some serious venture capital behind it. Oh, uh, wouldn't that be nifty? Anything, anything would be nifty at this point. Grand opening day, we have rentals available in like five different states all at once. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Or, or more, and, and ultimately go coast to coast. But, uh, Something's got to give. Uh, but anyway, that's the thought for the evening. And if there's any listeners tonight who who want to invest in uh, Desert Pete and Ginger's uh, car rental agency. Car rental agency, yeah. Ilio. Yeah, I think I. Uh, well, I don't want to give it away, but I, if if we start out with Elios, I thought of a great name for. Uh, oh, I'll give it away. We only have good people listening to the show. Uh, call it the uh, the thirty four ninety nine company. <laughs> now look at those digits. It would be three four ninety nine. Three wheels for the ninety nine percent. Yeah. How does that sound? It's interesting. It's a cool name because it's a little bit mystique. Yeah, it's yeah. mystique. That's it. Yeah. The the thirty four ninety nine company. Well, it doesn't mean anything. No, it's three for three wheels for the ninety nine percenters. Yeah. We ain't no 1%. If you're a 1%, go use your credit card and rent yourself a new caddy. I don't care. I I'm about, you know, like I say on my last nerve, I 
the rich people right now, the way that they're acting, they're on my last nerve. I I really, you know, I don't want to hear any more about all their great plans for the entire world because I don't care what they want. They're so used to being the upper crust and privileged that they can't even listen to the little guy anymore. I know. And I'm I'm just tired of it. I want to hear some good guys. I thought Stephen King was a good guy because he was such a philanthropist here in Maine. And I just, I was so sickened by that whole deal that was pulled on the governor in the last month that I was just like turned off. I didn't ever really watch the horror movies or read the horror books either, but I mean, I'd met him before, met his kids and stuff. Like I said, I knew the family because they went to the school where I was working. Um, yeah, and Jen are just... And the kids were friends with my kids, but I just, since then... You know, I just kind of generally knew what they were up to because they were promoting all these projects and helping people raise money and doing matching funds and all kinds of stuff, good stuff. And that just turned me off so bad when I saw him just run with that whole thing about the governor. It made me mad. So I'm just, I'm, I can't find a, a good rich person that's nice looking I, I have to agree, and you're right. They're, they're so blind to some of the essentials that poor people can't possibly access, and they think it's normal. Well, and they think, like, if you were just, you know, if you just tried a little harder, you could be as fortunate as they are. And it's snarky. It's like, you know, it's an attitude. Yeah. And I, you know, it's just kind of shocking to me because it's not the way I am. If I, like I said, if I was wealthy which I hope someday I'll hit on something lucky. But um, if I was, I would have a foundation, and my foundation would be exactly what I see the need for, which is that there needs to be a last resort for people that are, you know, can't seem to catch a break. It's, it isn't just to hand out. It's because the people need to be able to, like, save their house, like the person that I heard of in the last few months here that, only needed like $5,000 or something, and that was to save their house and fix their car. The two things they needed done to help them get back on track. It was taxes and fixing their car. Straightforward. Here's what I need. Good. Here's your money. Goodbye. Come back when you have it. Come back with more if you get more. Because some of the people, once they succeed, they're fine again. Then they can contribute to it. It's it's something that many people that did the kind of work I did in my life learned to do, which is that you you encourage that community spirit, not force it on people, but you encourage it. You just encourage it. That's all you have to do. Next thing you know, somebody's giving you estates and money and projects and all kinds of stuff because they see that you're doing something good with it. It's uh, you know the dis the uh, disillusioned relatives that see what their kids have done and they go, hey, you know what, I don't think I want to leave my money to them because they've been jerks to me and they're not going to use it right, so I'll give it to this foundation. And that's what happens with some of it. So I I would do that. That's what I would do with it. So there. Jean just posted something about Drunk drivers are only three percent of the fatalities. Uh, Gene, what's your source? He's still swearing. On that? He better not be swearing in here. 
well, maybe Jean's had a little too much to imbibe with tonight, if, if that's what's going on. But as far as only 3% by drunks, that's not what I hear in California. It's more like 50% Jean, so I don't know what your source is. Uh, now, the the half of the fatalities on California freeways, that was kind of lumped together with illegal aliens, and unfortunately... They do blend together, and most of the fatalities are caused by drunk, illegal aliens. I think he's kidding around. Okay. It's uh, like when they say that most accidents take place within 25 miles of your house, so don't yeah. drive near your house. Right. Yeah. It's uh, like that, I think. If, if, if it's not most of the traffic fatalities, then if you were drunk, you'd be safer. He's making a joke. Yeah. Well, I take it seriously because I've had friends killed by drunk driving, and it's just something I don't joke about. Um, No, I know. I've I've had the same. I've had stuff happen like that too. Yeah. Um, But anyways. Well, so anyway, just summarizing. I've had a crazy week here, and if it wasn't Avis, kind of sucker punching a major chunk chunk of my week it's it's trying to adapt to a smartphone and that was another annoying comment i heard i was listening to a preacher who was pretty good on most everything but he makes this comment about he was kind of deriding a friend for still using a flip phone instead of a smartphone i'm thinking not everybody can afford a smartphone nor do does everybody want one and the only reason Desert Pete is suddenly using a smartphone, like I say, I encountered something in business that necessitated it reluctantly. And the only way I actually obtained it is somebody else got it for me. So Desert Pete ain't rich enough to use the stuff that he actually has. Uh, so I don't, uh, I don't want to deride people for not using the latest and greatest uh, whiz-bang gizmo, whatchamacallit, because not everybody can afford those things. That uh, that also gets gets me on some of the Patriot talk show hosts that I do listen to for a, a lot of their talks, a lot of their topics I do agree with. But when they start expecting their listeners to buy eighty dollar a bottle vitamin supplements that only last a couple of weeks, that's going a bit far. Uh, 80 bucks might be eating up their entire month's pension. So uh, let, let's lighten up on the expectations here. There's, uh, there is life in the bottom 1%, but they're having a, a whale of a hard time keeping alive at that. So anyway, um, wish I had something funny to report on, but uh, I haven't encountered anything funny this week. It's been been pretty serious, and every every time I get out of bed, it's uh, some new issue to deal with. Yep. All right. Well, that's Desert Pete's update for for two weeks. So. Oh, well, we're glad know. to see you because we were wondering what happened to you. Yeah, I was wondering what happened to me. <laughs> so really, I'm glad that you have some good news, though. That's good. So let us know when you yeah. get to be able to say it. Well, put that uh, that car rental agency in in 
idea in the back of your mind, maybe we can uh, uh, join some other ideas. Here's the the what really got me going on that. There is a an internet only television show called uh, EVTV, and it stands for Electric Big Vehicle Television. Oh. And the guy runs an electric car conversion shop in Missouri, of all places, middle of the country there. Uh, got a nice little shop next to the uh, Mississippi River. And the opener on his video is beautiful. He got one of these little flying uh, uh, drone cameras, and it flies over his facility, and then it rises up in the air and pans over to see the Mississippi River. And that little town has a beautiful new bridge with the big uh, oh support cables. It's a suspension yeah. bridge. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it's just a beautiful opener there, and then and then the camera pans while it's up in the air, and you see the the, the long riverboat barges going up the river, and, and then he he cues in southern music, and it, it's a beautiful opener. Uh, but he, uh, this particular guy is somewhat independently wealthy. I think he earned his his millions uh, doing publishing. Uh, but he's now upper 50s, and he's kind of retired into his favorite hobby, and that's converting old gas, classic old gasoline cars to become electric cars is, uh, is what he does. Well, he made the comment that he said the majority of the millionaires here in the country got that way by owning convenience stores. Uh-huh. And I think he told me that before. Yeah. I and think I remember that. That's you went on idea. the... Yeah, he went on to say it's because the markup on ho-hos and other junk food, he says, is it borders on usury. <laughs> it's, it's it's criminal. The, the markup is so high on that stuff. Yep. Um, and he says the, the basic formula for most of those guys is you get one store, run it for two years, it pays itself off, and you take the profits from that, start a second store, Run it for two years, pays itself off. End of the sixth year, you then uh, start your third one, and by that time that's paid off. He said you've got a retirement for life, just from running yeah. three convenience stores. So uh, he was saying that in conjunction with the fact that Tesla Motors is setting up free charging stations across country, and he said that is the premise of an excellent business plan for anybody is contact Tesla, go into works with them to get all the equipment to offer a free Tesla charging station, and you now have a well-to-do individual driving a $100,000 car, and he's stuck at your place for three hours selling (laughs) something else. Sell him entertainment, sell him junk food, sell him anything you want. But he said, bear in mind, these are upper middle class individuals, so you ne- you don't dare set up an ugly convenience store. He says you need to set up something that appears like a small country club. Yeah. But he said if you had that going coast to coast, he says you'll be a millionaire in six years. And I happen to agree with him. Well, you, so have to, you have to cater to what they want. Not what yeah. you want. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, think of what kind of a decor. Hire a professional architect to come up with a with a chain store design that has a real elegant appeal to it. I know if I was to set up a Tesla charging station here in the desert, 
I would want to have enclosed stalls because we occasionally get sandstorms here. And if somebody came in for a recharge during a sandstorm, I think they would appreciate having their car surrounded to make sure it doesn't get all pitted with sand while it's yeah. parked there for three hours. Uh, and really, in any environment, there might be a reason you want to have an enclosed stall for, for each vehicle. And if they, and here again, looking at my local situation, I don't know if I could set up a country club kind of a building. That's going to obviously going to cost something. But the location I'm looking at is just a few steps away from an existing pretty decent con convenience store and a city library that would have free Wi-Fi. So if they're going to leave their $100,000 car parked in one spot for three hours and walk an eighth of a mile to these various locations, I don't think they'd want their car available to general public and whatever could go wrong. So that's why an enclosed space may be lockable, sort of like these airport convenience lockers that they used to have since... Since Homeland Security, I don't think airports have many more. But remember, you used to be able to put your bag into a, a locker for a few minutes, and you had a you, you had to put the coins in, and you got got a key for the locker. Yep, I remember those. Uh, you might do something like that for each charging station, so that you can corral the vehicle off. And let's face it, again, in our location, this would be somebody who's traveling a long distance. They probably have a lot of valuables in the car too. So they'd appreciate being able to lock it and enclose it away from any sandstorms while they hiked a few hundred feet over to a library or a, or another store. Uh, so think about things like that in your locale, uh, you, Ginger, and anybody who's listening to the show tonight. And I think we've got the premise of a good idea here. That, yeah, not, that could actually. Not I'm not sure that people in Maine would go for anything like that anyway, though, because they're not really embracing anything electric anyway. They're uh, not. They're not embracing that technology here. Okay, and the reason is what? The closest is a Prius. I don't know. I mean, it could be because the things aren't available to charge them, like you're saying. It could be that. Um, well. How you far know, does the average driver drive in a day? Maybe it doesn't work in really extreme cold conditions, or I that don't know. is a that's a factor. Batteries do not charge well in sub-zero weather. That's true. I mean, I just I don't see a lot of electric anything being successful in Maine. Maybe yeah. in the southern part down by Portland, there might be. There may be yeah. people doing things there. I don't know that for sure, but well. The idea might be best south of the Mason-Dixon line, as the old phrase goes. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Uh, we'd have to do James a... James said you could just swap the battery with a fresh one. Is that possible? That is Tesla. That's what Tesla does out? now. When, when they say if you need an emergency charge and you only have uh, 10 minutes, they will swap your battery with a freshly charged brand new one. Uh, or a, a freshly charged one I mean, could be oh. used, but but the point is they will swap your your present battery with a freshly charged one uh, 
I think the fee is $100 for that. But you now have a new battery, and you're on your way. And the new battery has a fresh, a fresh charge on it. So now you've got another 300-mile range. And the reference that Tesla was using was luxury cars have an almost 20-gallon tank. And here in California, gas was over $5 a gallon at the yeah. time that Tesla announced this. So to drive in and fill up a 20-gallon tank at $5 a gallon for premium was going to cost you $100 to fill up your, your luxury car. And so Tesla rationaled that, uh, rationalized that uh, if you're going to pay $100 for gas, here, pay $100 and get a new battery. And we'll do it in, in less time than it takes for you to fill up a 20-gallon tank. So uh, it, it was pretty good reasoning at this point. Now, of course, we had the gas crunch a few months ago, and gas is down closer to three here in California all of a sudden. But it's creeping back up, and it's going to be back to four again pretty soon. Uh, so I think it's just a matter of people in Maine getting their hands on an electric car and one drive is said to to convince anybody. From the well, I, I think that they've done it, actually. I, I just don't think it's caught on. And I don't know what the reason is, because obviously I don't have a lot of experience with any of that anyway. But, yeah. um, you know, it would be something that wouldn't be that hard to look up, probably. I'm sure that they've tried, because they do innovation in Maine that has to do with energy all the time because we have such huge energy costs here for everything we do. Yeah. Well, the the nifty thing, again, on the, the Tesla charging stations is he always covers the whole property with solar panels, and so he offers free recharges. So there's no fuel cost. Once you have an electric car, if you can find a Tesla charging station, they recharge free, or you can charge it at home nice and cheap. And there's a YouTube video out there of a fellow who said he had to commute to work with his SUV, and it was costing him $300 a month in fuel for his SUV, and then he bought a Tesla S, and his electric bill only went up by $50 with the same number of miles. So it was like fifty dollars versus three hundred a month uh, for fuel. So uh, that's a considerable savings. But the initial cost of the vehicle itself is pretty pretty stiff. It's a hundred thousand dollar vehicle. So See, that's uh, not that's the people in Maine couldn't even afford to buy anything like that. Yeah. Well, the people here in Toronto sure can't afford it either. <laughs> so, yeah. It's even even the rich people in Maine, unless they're from somewhere else and moved here to retire, the rich people in Maine that are from Maine originally, they don't spend money like that, even if they have it. They just would think that was horrible to spend $100,000 on a car. Well, which is why for our rental company, I'm looking back at more conventional, namely yeah. gasoline yeah. run that gets high mileage. It gets over 80 to a gallon. Yeah. Uh, and keep it real simple, but nine out well, of times... There's a difference between rental and something someone owns, too, because they would rent something that was more expensive, maybe, but they wouldn't own it. 
<laughs> they would rent it. Yeah, but when I have miles to put on it, I kind of like economy. And nothing's going to beat the economy of the, these Elios at that mile. Yeah, that's right. I think something like that would be interesting. And especially they, if you're just taking one person yourself between yeah. City A and City B and you're a couple of hundred miles apart from each other. Yeah, running up the interstate. That's basically. the cheapest way to do that would be one of They're these They're talking points. about possibly putting a train back into this area of Maine, putting huh. a tra passenger train from here down. And connecting it, I don't. I mean, every once in a while, somebody brings it up, and it's come up again this week. People love trains. Well, some people do. They're too expensive. That's what everybody says. They're way too expensive. That's why Amtrak always has trouble. But well, uh, got trains here in California, and they tend to still hit cars at intersections, so that's a, a, a train wreck issue. I, uh, living 30, mile, 30 years in Los Angeles, I enjoy having a car yeah. and the isolated environment so I can put on any radio station or tape or CD that I want to hear, and I'm not annoying the guy sitting next to me. Because I don't have anybody sitting next to me. I'm in the vehicle alone, so the whole compartment is mine to enjoy. And that's the L.A. mentality that I happen to agree with. Yeah. Whereas uh, sitting on a train, well, I don't like the idea of wearing headphones or earplugs in public. That always strikes me as weird. Oh, I guess it can be done, and people do it. But... Uh, the alternative is to carry a boombox with you, and now you're annoying everybody around you. Mm -hmm. oh. So, yeah, uh, on the train, I, I think I mentioned on a past show that something got approved out here for a high-speed rail between San Francisco and Los Angeles, and who got the real estate deal on it but Diane Feinstein's husband. Um. Yeah, she manages to direct uh, an awful lot of uh, big federal contracts toward uh, toward her husband for some odd reason. So. Horrible. Such as uh, politics in California. Oh, yeah. And jumping over a state to Harry Reid, he finally he just admitted that he's now blind in his his right eye from that alleged exercising accident. Yeah, nobody believes that. Oh, somebody else analyzed. Well, somebody had a had a strong left hook. Uh, I've seen that. written somewhere someone was talking about his brother being a, a a bad guy, and I don't know anything about his family. I don't know if it was somebody just joking around or not, but they were saying something about look into his brother because his brother is is uh, not a nice guy. I think when you mess around in in the element that these people mess around in. They come across people that are upset with them sometimes. <clears throat> yeah. I think he got beat up. That's what I think. He certainly uh, has the evidence of it. Looks it. I've, I've never heard of, of an exercise injury like that. No. Unless and he they, likes to jog somebody there. Somebody was saying he has security, too, so somebody knows what happened to him. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's it. Uh, just one thing I still have to respect the guy for. He stopped Yucca Mountain. And nuclear waste needs to be neutralized at the power plant, not shipped cross-country and stuck into a mountain. No, it's the wrong way to do with it. Just neutralize it at the plant. And the technology exists. I know the physicist who did it. So uh, NRC is run by the same, well, it could have been NRC that beat Reed up. Because NRC is still pushing to reopen uh, Yucca Mountain. Uh, we know bankers uh, hurt and kill people. Uh, there, there is the NRC probably has the same criminal contacts because nobody dares uh, argue with them. Oh, we're the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. Yeah. Well, I just I don't feel like we have anyone we can really trust at the moment, so not in government. <clears throat> Big uh derivative of government. Well, the sun's setting out here and I'm getting hungry for dinner, so uh gosh, it's quarter of eleven here. Yeah. Okay. We're all getting ready to go to bed, that's why we're you know Yeah. Some well, of them have drifted off and I'm like half asleep, but <laughs> Again, sorry I'm still to, glad you called because I, you know, we were kind of concerned about where's Desert Pete. This is the second week. You know, one week we figured something came up or you're busy or whatever, but two weeks we're like, okay, what's happened now? You know, has the phone been cut yeah. off at this point or what? Well, like I guess I, I hope in a couple of weeks I can make some things public here and let you oh, know cool. why I'm, why my personal life is, is suddenly so crazy here. But, uh, oh, cool. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going. I will say public. Nobody is threatening me, so I I, I won't Good. show up. Look, I will not show up looking like Harry Reid. So, uh, <laughs> well, but, I hope not. <laughs> okay. Hope I hope not. Yeah. All righty. Well, this is a uh, Desert Pete signing off from the West here. So hope to catch everybody next uh, next week if I can make it back and if I can remember the <laughs> the airtime. Oh, I hope so. All right. Well, good. I hope everything goes good this week. Okay, and uh, try to keep your car going so you don't have to rent one. <laughs> yeah, right. Best best advice to anybody. All right. Okay, catch you next weekend. Yep, good night. Good night. Okay, chickadees, whoever's left, see who's in here. Probably James Kidd and Valium have fallen asleep at this point, too, so... <laughs> guest 37. I don't know who that is. All right. Well, I'm going to say good night then. It's been a long night. Um, and uh, don't forget, if you want to go and look for links that are put up on the chat, just go to chatgrabber.com and enter in the show ID, which is 94426 for Into the UDA. And then you can choose what episode you want to look at and you could get all those links again. Otherwise you can email to me which is gingercookie87 at yahoo.com and uh, send me any information that you have or something you want me to see because I'm studying on everything all the time. Um, if you do email to me, don't send me any of those chain letters or those pictures of kitties. I always laugh and say don't send me that stuff because I just have too much junk that comes in my email box and I won't look at it anyway. 
I only want to know if you've got something cool that you want to tell me about. Okay? So anyway, have a good night and have a good week. And thanks for coming. Thanks an awful lot. It means a lot. We need to work together because we don't have a huge group on this side, and they don't have a huge group on the other side. So keep your eyes and ears peeled, I guess, and do what you can. All right? Talk to you next time. Bye.